Welcome to Bachelor of Hearts presents Scholarship. It's called Scholarship. Nope. Uh, the Real Love Boat Australia podcast that asks the question, can you tell which of the twins is which yet? No, <laughs> I cannot. Sorry, I'm looking it up every time. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at them and I'm like, uh, what do you want from me? You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Xavier Robetsky noonan I love The Bachelor and I hate the SS coronavirus. Joining me, as always, is my first mate, Max Quinn. Hi, Maxie. How about it, Xavier? <laughs> How about bunga? <laughs> uh, how's it going? Look, I am excited to be breaking down yet another week of the real Love Boat Australia. This show continues to be on television, and we will continue to talk about it up until such a time as it stops being on television. I enjoyed this week of TV. There were some twists. There were some turns. There were some mm-hmm. ports and starboards that I found a little bit predictable, but that's okay. There was also some niceness and some drama. I agree. I think, personally speaking, I thought this was a really good week of episodes. Well, Agree. I mean, most most days of the week, there weren't episodes. And what did I do all that time? I just sat with my TV turned off. I looked at it, waiting. You seized the day. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Uh, it was a juicy week of episodes. I think maybe this week of episodes cemented me as potentially the biggest fan of this TV show on the planet. I think that you are the biggest <laughs> real Love Boat fan in Australia. Yeah, I mean, like, granted, not a huge amount of competition on that front. Like, Mm. could be being watched by more people, maybe. Could be being talked about and discussed by more people, maybe. Although, you know... Should be. I don't mind having the rarefied air all to ourselves. Um, But, yeah, as you said, between some really nice romantic dates and some funny, lighthearted moments and some good, compelling reality TV drama, I think there Mm. was something for everybody here. And by that, I mean, of course, something for a small sliver of the population who are watching this TV show. That's for you. Yeah. yeah. And it's basically, yeah, it's just for me. Um, I'd like to begin the episode by acknowledging that today we are recording on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation and pay respect to the traditional custodians of this land. We acknowledge that sovereignty of this land was never ceded and that it always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Before we talk about the boat, though, there is, of course, a small amount of business that you and I should get to first. Uh, newish listeners to the show might not even realize this, but when we were just a little baby podcast in nappies uh, about yay high, um, and we do still wear nappies, but now we're taller. Uh, we used to talk about a little TV show called The Bachelorette and in Paradise also. Uh, and so we are still interested. We're, I, I love talking about it. It's one of the great, one of the great shows. Mm. Not a good show, <laughs> but uh, one of the most important 
<laughs> cultural artifacts. Not a good show, but one of the great shows. Right. So this is a segment that we do every week, every podcast, that we like to call The Batch World Catch-Up. This week marked the first ever appearance of Australian Batchy stars in the American version of Bachelor in Paradise. During a mm. new twist for Bachelor in Paradise US season eight called Split Week, which, as we've mentioned before, is blatantly stolen from Love Island's Casa Amor, the men and women of Paradise were separated and each tempted by a handful of new arrivals all vying for a permanent spot on the cast. And among these new additions were Florence Alexandra from Bachelor Australia Season 5 and Bachelor in Paradise Australia Season 2, mm-hmm. and maybe one, I can't remember. One of our long-term uh, favourites. Absolutely. Someone who has given her heart and soul to this franchise. Well, that's not true, because she's still a functioning human being outside of it, but someone who has repeatedly gone above and beyond the Call of Duty um, and not played Call of Duty for several months while she's been trapped in a mansion. And of course, Adam Todd from Bachelorette Australia season six. That's Adam. I'm sorry. That's uh, Eki and Belly's season. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, an underseen season and a season that we talked about many times as completely leaving our brains the instant it left our screens. Um but I think utterly pointless. Yeah, but I think Adam is making a point for himself here. Um, the other addition that our listeners might be interested in is Alex Bordyukov, um, who you might remember as American Alex, aka Amex, um, who was on the second season of Bachelor in Paradise Australia. Although he is an American, um, he was originally on Bachelorette US season thirteen. He also made an appearance on Bachelor in Paradise Canada season one. I watched all these shows. They're all wonderful. One of the best, greatest, and also not quite a very good show. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I, I watched these episodes. Yes. Of Bachelor in Paradise US that were broadcast this week. How did you find them? Boy, oh boy. If you B-U-O-Y? Thought... <laughs> well, yeah. Actually, no, this is Bachelor. They're on land. They, yeah, so they'd call it buoy oh buoy wouldn't they? <laughs> I guess they would. Yeah, that's true. Um, if you thought that they were going to be even remotely interested in the Australian batchy stars that were added into the mix, you were set up to be profoundly disappointed. Mm. So we watched the Paradise men meet their new female arrivals first. So we got to see Flo, who appeared in literally one ITM in which she said, not my circus, not my monkeys. A good phrase. I don't know if that's an Australian phrase or if it's a flowism or... I like it, though. Um, Really doing our nation proud. Uh, And then one other line of dialogue where somebody tells her that the water is really warm and she says, oh, it's warm, is it? So um, pretty good use of flow in that first episode. Really well done. This is a woman who is spectacularly quick. And thank goodness that she was put in a situation to confirm the warmth of the water. Correct. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's very funny to me that she's clearly capable of so much more and they're just not really giving her the time of day. Interesting. Um, Yeah. Uh, in the second episode, she doesn't get her own spot in the iconic BIP US opening title sequence, Mm. um, which they, you know, they have everyone do little skits. Um, instead she just shares a, a segment with all of the other new women 
So th- it's no. just like she's just a background character. Um, later on, she gets to briefly mention what season of the Australian Bachelor she was on, and then the camera cuts away and focuses on somebody else. Uh, this is so disrespectful. Like the, you know, if they had picked, if they had picked like a really lower tier Australian player, mm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't really be thinking that hard about it. You know, obviously, it feels like a wasted opportunity because it's the first time outside of the Bachelor Winter Games that they have really brought the international cast um, to America to play within the primary, you know, uh, battlefield. Um, but the fact that it's flow, somebody who has provided consistent entertainment throughout all of her And drama. This is our flow. Yeah, exactly. Australia's it, it, it's own. A, it's a total loss. I feel like they didn't know what they were dealing with. Um, maybe this will change. Maybe, you know, I will definitely be watching and, and keeping an eye on things. Um, but not not a great turnout for Flo. Adam Todd, however, hmm. fares a tiny bit better. And I don't want to lead you on by saying that it's a real difference here. But, like, um, he has a couple of moments of, like, Australian culture and American culture are different, which I think is what they were aiming for. And Good he fodder. gets to be the one who does it, yeah. So they are um, hitting their glasses together and hmm. they are proposing a toast or whatever. And he says, chin, chin phrase which is fairly common in australia and nobody understands what he means and it is quite funny um he also uh is wearing a very very low cut shirt and he makes a joke about his blood alcohol level going up and then his shirt buttons going down uh which also you know totally serviceable batchy joke icebreaker conversation that is about it um he he gets a couple of itms uh, in which he w- already that's better than Flo. He gets a couple of I- ITMs, right? Yes. And yes. On Bachelor in Paradise US, they do like funny chirons, you know, like the lower third where it says like, you know, this person is a makeup artist or this person is a software engineer or whatever. Yes. His one read Thor's body double. No, really, he is because, as I think I've mentioned before, he's briefly, I think, in the background of a shot or that's something. That's right. In, yes, in he the latest is. Thor movie. Um, the other thing he gets to do is he even gets to read a date card. He's not on the date. He's not doing it. But like, think about the last couple of seasons of the Australian version of The Bachelor and Bachelorette, right? We haven't even seen people on that very show reading date cards. So this is big. Um, he, uh, what else? This must've been so refreshing for you. It was huge. Yeah. This was a big moment. This really changed my life actually. Um, and so it was great to see, uh, it really felt like it was opening up doors for Australian players to enter the international version of the show. So I look forward to next year's, um, bachelor fucking Holland or Ukraine or South Korea or whatever, whatever is still running all of the, all these places had, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Whatever it is we're forced to discuss next year because there will be no, anyway, um, I just thought this would be worth mentioning. I'm going to keep watching it. If anything more interesting happens, I will bring it up again. Um, there will be no more Australian people joining the cast um, this season, but if they get up to anything, if anybody shows any interest in them, um, we'll, we'll address it again. But well, that, good that's for Flo all... and good for Hot Toddy. Yes, absolutely. That's all I have for the Batch World Catch-Up. I did want to briefly touch on another segment that we've been enjoying lately, which is, of course, called the Boat World Float Up. Yes, very good. So this is what's new in the world of the love boat. T-R-L-B-A. Trubla, as I've been calling it in my notes. (laughs) 
not a big news week for either Bachelor or Trabler, but still, um, I wanted to quickly check back in with the ratings. Um, oh, yeah. Tell me about the how the Trabler has rated. Yeah. So this week's episodes, the ones we're about to talk about, um, did not fare much better than what we've been seeing. Um, uh-huh. Wednesday night's episode five drew in just 141,000 Metro overnight viewers, while Thursday night did marginally better with 149,000. So like sort of somewhere roughly in between the, the lowest and highest that we've already seen this season. Okay. Um, sort of roughly where we expect them to be, which is unfortunately not very good. Um, looking back at last week's episodes, oh, now yeah. that we have the weekly data, which includes like 10 play and other sources and tabulations and whatever. Um, I can tell you that last Thursday night's episode four drew in 336,000 viewers in total. That's better. Yeah, I, it's it's basically on track with what we've been seeing for the other dates, like a pretty yeah. decent um, bit of a lift in, in catch-up. Um, unfortunately, the Wednesday night data, episode three, is not available. Uh. Um, the reason for that being the reports that I get only include the data... This is so <laughs> this is so annoying. Uh, it only includes the data for the top five shows in terms of percentage of viewership increase. Oh, okay. So if it didn't make that top five, I don't have the data. So it Got might you. be out there somewhere, but we don't really know. But anyway, that kind of speaks to the fact that it's just all kind of vaguely bad news. Look, but if we're looking at, let's say, 150,000 on, uh, what what do you call this? If we're looking at 150,000 on free-to-air and then 200,000 on video on demand, this speaks to what we're talking about, about this show being a show that might appeal more to a young audience than it does appeal to what I think that they were trying to like walk this tightrope of pitching to a an older audience who might remember the love boat and harbor an element of nostalgia. And of course, when you say we were just talking about this, you're referring to the bonus episode that we just recorded yes. for our Patreon listeners. Uh, we we did these two back to back. If you want to hear all of that context, as well as some quite insightful discussions about two very interesting books. Um, as well as a lot of other great apps. You can back tell catalog. me what the books were. Yeah, it was Brooke Blunt's book, and then it was Laura and Brittany's book, and they both have love in the title, and they're both good. Except one of them might be might be better than the other one. You have to tune in to find out. It's very hard to say. You can find this episode as well as our back catalog and future episodes for five dollars a month for two episodes per month at Patreon.com/slash/bohpod. Promise you, you're gonna have a good time. If you like this, you're gonna like that. That is the end of the boat world float up. Okay. So we have now talked our way through batch world catch up, mm-hmm. boat world float up. Surely it's time to talk about the real love boat Australia. Unfortunately, there is one more thing that I want to do. And, and you'll be excited to hear this because it is in fact a new segment. Oh, great. Okay. Do yeah. you know what? Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a new segment that I am calling personal world personal up. <laughs> uh, in which I update... Our listeners, on some things that I have talked to Max about already, but I feel like... Oh, we're talking about this. Great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not a big deal. Not a... Well, kind of. I mean, not not a big deal for our listeners. It's a big deal. I thought maybe it'd be worth mentioning briefly. Um, yes. It's okay. It is a big deal. Um, Evie and I did break up. Uh, it, it's hard to go through a breakup, but uh, things are very good between us. She remains a very close friend of the pod. Both of us wanted to make this clear. 
to our listeners so they don't feel this is weirdly it came up. Uh, <laughs> and now when you say both of us, you're not referring to me. No, uh, Evie and I. Uh, Max is not. did not know I was going to do this. Um, he's looking a little perturbed, but this no, is I'm point. not looking, but I'm just, I'm trying, I'm, look, he, okay. You can judge how I'm looking. What I'm saying to you is, yeah. uh, well, firstly, hello. I see you. I know this is a, uh, I know this is a hard time. We're all here. Uh, we love you. And, uh, look, uh, yeah, look, this is one of those ones where, uh, everyone, everyone, I suppose, uh, goes through it unless you marry your high school sweetheart or whatever. But uh, yeah, let's um, hmm. I don't know. Let's rally around Zavi by going to patreon.com slash Oh no! Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you must, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, no, there's no, no need let's, for that. We'll Obviously, take it again. Great. Yeah, like you know, and things are good between us, and we have been talking it over with each other, and it's like nobody's fault, and it's kind of just how things have shaken out and it's one of those types of situations. She remains a close friend of the podcast. Um, we, she and I <laughs> discussed how we would break it to the audience and she was like, make sure they know I'm still a friend of the pod, which is very funny. Great. I just think, I figured Great. this would be worth addressing, especially for all of the fans of our hit spin-off podcast, Crunch and Apple podcast. Oh um, yeah. I remember Cause this. I'm not certain when the next episode of that will be coming. And I know people have been mm. hotly anticipating that. We haven't talked about it. I'll, I'll be honest about that. I'm happy to admit it. You know, may, maybe it's sooner rather than later. Maybe this makes it more possible. I don't know. Hey, who can um, say? But, you know, uh, like... Um, You're okay, right? Yes. And that's nice. I'm, Breakups are difficult. We are going to rally fine. around Xavi and play good football. Um, and, you know... I have talked to her about how rude it is of her to wait until The Bachelorette was cancelled to end things. Oh, yeah. Um, which, you know, and she agreed. It was pretty poor form. So, uh, mm. but I'm not going to relitigate it here. Um, everything's okay. I just, if anybody saw anything, I wanted them to hear it from me. Great. In other personal news. Great. This week, I applied for a job at Paramount, the company that owns Channel 10, which... <laughs> Which I'm aware could be a gigantic conflict of interest for us, right? Mm. I wanted I mm. wanted to disclose it early in case my journalistic credibility might get called into question as part of this process. Uh, I want to be transparent with the listeners, um, but I also mentioned this partially because um, I did I mentioned the podcast in my application, right? Which mm. you could argue was a good idea, you could argue was a bad idea. It's what I got. I'm working with it, but. With that said, it means that there might hypothetically be somebody from Paramount or from Channel 10 listening to this episode of our podcast. Mm. And if that is the case, I realized that I accidentally left my old uh, email address on the resume. So. Good Lord. <laughs> so if you do want to get in contact about a job Goodness opportunity, gracious. you just want to chat about Batchy with a super fan or, you know, talk about Love Boat, you can find me at BOHPod on social media. You can join the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group on Facebook. We're very friendly. We'd love to have you. Thanks for being here. Um, this is so You can give funny. me the job or not. But <laughs> this is so fun. We're mainly here to make friends. I don't have access to that email address anymore. So just please, you know, if, you, if you're hearing this. That's all I wanted just to get out of the way. like... Rick and Morty fan seven at, at hotmail.com. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The first six were taken, but I was determined. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's okay. the end of that segment. That's uh, the end of personal world. What, what did you call it? Personal. 
you know, I didn't really iron this thing out. <laughs> it goes no up. So let's let's put the ramp out. And is it ramp or stairs for boat? Have you ever been on a boat? It's a ramp. Yeah, I've been on a boat. It's a it's ramp. It's a ramp on like a little ferry. Yeah. Okay. Good. Y- you go down to the dock. Yeah. And the dock has a little ramp. Okay. Uh, doctor, doctor, um, help! I I can't stop thinking I'm not on a boat. I got a bad case of boat in you. That's really good. Okay, you, we've nailed yeah. it. Um, we've let the ramp down. It's time to board the Real Love Boat Australia Season 1, Episode 5, which aired on the 19th of October, 2022. So the boat is approaching Livorno, Italy. And you can tell that we're arriving in Italy because they're playing La Donna Immobile from Rigoletto um, as we pan across the ship, which is easily in my top five most Italian pieces of music of all time. Max, would you be curious as to what makes my top five most Italian pieces of music of all time? That's Amore is definitely one. Max, I'm sorry to tell you, That's Amore didn't make the cut. Now I'm thinking it should have. In fact, I'm going to sneak it in at number five. Okay. Thank you for amending your list based on my excellent mm. suggestion. Okay. It was let a really good say, guess. Um, Wait, can I just can I just quickly apologize to Volare Nel Blue di Pinto di Blue, uh, which is a great piece of music that uh, it will sadly remain in the top 10, unfortunately, not the top five. I think that Nell Blue is also one of our Patreon subscribers. So what's up, Nell Blue? <laughs> How are you going? Right. Um, any more guesses? You'll probably um, get them. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, what about this one? The Prayer. No, I don't know what The Prayer even is, actually. It's uh, Anthony Kalia sang it in Australian Idol uh. in 2004. It's one of those um, Pavarotti sort of situations. Lead us to a place. Okay, uh, what about Shut Up Your Face? Max, you have successfully guessed my number one most Italian uh, song of all time. And the mama used to say all the time, What's the matter you? All right, let me, let me run down the list, because that was my punchline. Yeah. Uh, Great. Number five, of course, Valare. No, number five is... What did you say again? That's Amore. What is that song called? That's Amore, yes. Number four, Funiculi Funicula, also known as the pizza delivery mission music from the Spider-Man 2 game for PlayStation 2. Also known as Knowing Me, Knowing You in Italian. Is that right? That can't be right. Surely it's not, not. right. Uh, number three, La Donna Immobile, also known as Elephant's Year. You know that one? No. Elephant's Year. Yeah. Number two, Tarantella Napolitana. It's just like if you look up Italian stock music, that's the one that it is, where it's like. Oh, I know this one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then I did have Shut Up Your Face for, uh, for number one, although now that you've guessed that, I feel like I should swap it out. And I'm going to go with Dominic the Italian Christmas Donkey. Jingity jing, the Italian Christmas Donkey, la, la, la. If you haven't heard that one, it's a real treat. Shout out to friend of the podcast, Stacey Gagoulas, who sometimes hosts breakfast on Triple J. Uh, back in the day, he surfaced a video of himself doing a... Uh, commercial for a window shutters place in Perth that was called Shutter Up A You Place. 
Holy shit. Are they hiring? You know, they should be. <laughs> yeah. Um, I saw a live clip of Shut Up Your Face this uh, week when researching for the podcast, um, which which featured, of course, Do- Joe Dolce singing, but it also had an extended accordion solo from Molly Meldrum. Oh, sick. Great. I didn't know Molly could do that, but yeah, Molly's a multifaceted man. Yeah. It was it was on countdown, so he was in the building, and I um yeah it was it was a delight. Uh, that aside, we check in with Sally and Jay, who have just shared the night in the upgrade suite. They are being very cute. Um, Sally narrates that we kept it PG, even though we are very attracted to each other. I like this um they're treading lightly, you know, and I think it just reiterates that the fantasy suite is a bit of a tough pill for Australia to swallow. Like, obviously, Sally and Jay are allowed to not have sex in there. Um, I just think that, like, every second episode starts with whoever's been in there declaring to the audience at home, like, don't get any ideas. We're not freaking pervs or anything. We didn't bone. No, we sat there and we quietly read our Bibles and we went to sleep (laughs) fully clothed at 9 p.m. Great. Great. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We recited three Hail Marys. (laughs) That's right. We vowed never to do it again. Yeah, the Hail Marys were getting us too worked up. <laughs> yep. Something about she's so speaking in unison. Yeah, she's way too full of grace. Um, nothing hotter. Um, meanwhile, Tyler tells Chelsea that she is looking forward to seeing whether her connection with Patty is a friendship or more romantic on their date today. And Chelsea says much the same thing about Josh, who she hasn't really given that much of a chance to. But they're both lined up to have dates. It's going to be great. Uh, meanwhile, Chris advises Josh to just be himself on today's truffle hunting date and just see if that's what Chelsea's looking for. And Josh says he's a fun guy and there isn't much room for error, which is good shit from Josh. It's great gear. It's great gear from Josh. I just think like these brief moments at the very start of an episode or sprinkled in wherever, they take 10 seconds, you know, and and Mm -hmm. we're just setting up like reestablishing character dynamics and just spending a little bit of time with people um, being nice to one another and like visibly having a good time. They're so valuable to me. And doing their little bits also. That's the other part of this. Do your bits. Do your funny little bits, Josh. It's surprising how frequently reality shows get so caught up in what they view to be the most, and often is the most exciting part, which is like, very detailed sort of interpersonal conflict and and drama and plot and stuff like that, that they forget that they have usually anyway, definitely in this case, cast people who are interesting, who we like to watch talking to one another, you know? Right. And that is fundamentally the most interesting part of it. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise we would just watch a television show that contains plenty of scripted drama and plot and stuff that isn't made of real Malcolm in the middle, you know? (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So while these destination dates are happening, there is a pizza-making class and a tango class taking place on board the ship for the other passengers. Uh, We will check back in on these sporadically. Um, I think it is funny from a production standpoint that they have quite transparently just put Dalton, Harley, and Moana on the tango class together with nobody else. Yeah. I think they were hoping something juicy was really going to happen there, and then nothing really ends up happening on there. They were hoping for Doanna, weren't they? I think so. I think so. Because there was was hints of Doanna earlier, you know? Mm. But I think Doanna has mostly... That ship... I think that flame has gone. Yours is better. (laughs) Keep going. Mm. 
Um, but first, a red convertible is waiting on shore with two seats, one for Dan and one for Naomi's hat, the biggest hat I've ever seen in my entire life. This is ju- like, wear this hat to uh, the Melbourne Cup and then burn the Melbourne Cup and leave only the hat. Yes. Max, this hat had to buy its own ticket on the ship. Oh, my God. This hat, like, it's a gallon hat. I reckon, mm-hmm. like, there is... This hat has volume, depth, sincerity, more so than many contestants on The Bachelor. I was going to say, this hat is also so big. Mm. Like, it's a plus-size hat that would not be cast on The Bachelor. Very true. This hat is so big that when they ran How out of petrol... How big is it? When they ran out of petrol halfway through their drive, they just sailed the car to their destination. Cute. This hat is so big. How big is it? This hat is not in lowercase. It's in all caps. (laughs) I'm telling you. When Naomi found out about Pharrell's big hat, you know what she did? What's that? She Googled XL hat. I've thrown my arms up. You... <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, because I'm hatty. <laughs> I was really afraid that some of these big hat jokes were going to go over your head. Ha. Uh, ha. I tell you, I get no respect. Um, <laughs> just doing a little stand-up set here. Uh, where were we? Uh, Dan and Naomi arrive at a trattoria. <laughs> Uh, happening in such a, like, a Shakespearean, mm, existentially depressing kind of place, don't you think? Like, the, the city itself. What makes you say that it's depressing? I found it so, uh, enlightening. Well, like, if you think about it, like, to be or not to be, live or no. <laughs> That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about it that way. Thank you for mm. thank you for illuminating that. Um, yes, they arrive at a trattoria where a waiter serves them espresso. Um, I'm really bummed out that Naomi takes off the big hat before drinking it because I just think the image of a hat that's that big on a woman drinking a coffee that small would absolutely end me. Um, delicious, delicious. M- missed opportunity. Naomi says she's all eggs for Dan, saying she's not interested in meeting anybody else on the ship. And Dan says he adores who she is and they've built a good foundation. He sees them progressing. They kiss and they have like a tight zoom in on her foot going up, which is like, that's a good kiss if the foot's going up. That's, you know how it's, you mm. know, yeah. The foot kiss. Yeah. Because he was kissing her foot. I, I neglected to mention that, but he went like, get them hoofs out. And she was yeah. like, these dogs have been barking she was all like, day. Give me he them went, trotters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, He's like, Chelsea. we're going truffle hunting. Let me get that <laughs> snout out and put you, put your trotters up while you're going. They should have, yeah, they should have probably swapped dates. Because um, it's Chelsea and Josh who are going truffle hunting. They meet Hunter, the mm. truffle hunter, um, which gave us the name of the, of the uh, occupation. Um Hunter, he's an Italian man. If you picture like an Italian man, um, this is the man, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> much like the French man from the it's previous true. episode. Yeah. Uh, and there are also two dogs who are going to help them sniff out these truffles. One of them is named Tina and one of them is named Maga. Um, Tina is a beautiful little fluffy brown dog 
and Marga is a white nationalist homophobic Trump <laughs> voter wearing a little red hat. Oh, it was right there. It's so good. <laughs> it must mean something in Italian, but I'm like, oh, it that's has a, to. Yeah it, yeah, it probably means like insurrection or something. <laughs> yeah, that dog should have said something about the January 6th insurrection before yeah, it happened. That dog yeah. is on parlor. Yeah, guaranteed. Um, Bakla. No, never mind. Um, Chelsea Paula. says. Paula, there you yeah, go. Yeah, it's a great. dog from Boston. <laughs> uh, Chelsea says, I've never eaten, seen, or don't know what a truffle is. Um, which, like, I, yeah, it's understandable. I don't think I've, like, seen a truffle just hanging out either. But it's also kind of a funny thing to say, I think. Yeah. Um, luckily, it's not long before they find some. Hunter tells them that truffles are an aphrodisiac and tells Josh to in a very thick Italian accent, keep it and make your job, man. Which I love. It's got to be meaning, means something to someone. Um, <laughs> I don't want to be culturally insensitive, but also if I can't be culturally insensitive towards Italy, what do I have left? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Buongiorno. Yeah. Um, Hunter leaves and Josh starts his pitch. He's keen to get to know Chelsea and just see if there's a connection there, especially, you know, since the reason that they're all there is that maybe things weren't working with whatever they were doing normally or whatever. It's, you know, uh, perfectly, you know, what else is he supposed to say? I think this is a fairly good pitch. It's a good pitch. You know, he's really interested in our occupation as well. I liked that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chelsea Wait. sells Chelsea shells down by the Chelsea <laughs> shore. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Did you practice that? No. That came out remarkably clean. Radio, baby. Beautiful. Um, Chelsea's like, bro, I get it, but you are the third person to ask me on a date. Uh, so, you know, and Josh at this point just kind of pivots and he starts warning her about Dalton. Mm. Um, he says, I don't know if he can break his old patterns of what he is. Um, how do you know what his old patterns are, bro? (laughs) Well, he has been there for at least a day longer than yeah. uh, than Chelsea, right? Because she was a new addition. This is true, right? I, don't, I look. I'm no Dalton head. I am not. I'm not really particularly here for Charlton as a whole. But no, uh, he's stuck in his old ways. Is such a funny pitch from Josh. Yeah, I just think that what else is he gonna do? You know, like I don't know. I I, I think that he is sensing that he doesn't really have a huge chance, and. Um, he wants to take a moment to do this, I guess. I don't know. Maybe Be interesting. Be compelling yeah. is what you yeah. can do. Make yourself distinct. Because Chelsea's not completely closed off to him, necessarily. I don't think she's closed off. I think she's interested in Dalton. But there are, let's say, um, oh, fuck, without trying to sound too um, gross about it, like, hmm. you can state your case as well. You can stake your claim. You can yeah. be... Uh, uh, impressive in your own way without having to stoop to the yeah. level of um trying to talk someone out of Dalton. Yeah. Dalton will talk himself out of himself for you. Yeah. I wonder if it's just like the Dalton situation, the the Dalton Chelsea situation has been consuming so much oxygen on the ship that like that's kind of just what's been going on lately and like they're just talking about current mm. events, you know, on some level. Um, mm, like Josh mm. is not, I don't know. Is he going to talk about like the, the game of table tennis we saw him playing in the previous episode? Probably not. Probably not. 
Um, I, I, I agree with you though. Like there's no real reason to get into this, but I guess like within this environment, like you kind of just have to talk about everything. Make you your know? own fun. Make yeah. your own fun. Uh, we were wondering how they were going to do the truffle hunting for the TV. Um, cause obviously like the reason that they're rare or they, they cost a lot of money is cause they're not very easy to just randomly dig up whenever you want one. Right. Mm, mm. Um, so as we suspected, they just like barely, so they got handed a piece of truffle at the start of this day. Right. Right. Then they took that piece of truffle and they just like barely covered it with a little bit of dirt and then like pretend to dig it up again. From got it. The, as you called, you totally nailed this, the shallow truffle grave. Uh, that it was buried in. So so well done, Maxi. Thank you so much. There's a halo <laughs> surfacing over my head right now, and it is the, the truffle grave from which it came. That's right. Back on the ship, we watch the pizza-making team make some pizzas. Uh, Jesse tells them all that his eyes are firmly set on Chelsea, so that's another fucking person whose eyes are set on Chelsea. He's going to need to try and chat with her if he wants to pull ahead of Dalton and now Josh. Um, we also check back in on Katie, who still feels like Chris has been giving her the cold shoulder since they kissed. And we will talk about this again as it comes up later in the episode. Uh, let's check in with Patty and Tyler in the bustling Mercato Centrale. See, that, that was, was subtle. It was subtle. You did a really good job with that. What does that mean? Central market, I'm going to guess. Oh, you're so good at this. I did uh, at least one or maybe two semesters of Italian in high school. Oh, they did us they did us dirty. We got French. Oh, I did some French too. Oh, you did you elect to do Italian? Uh yeah, you could choose and I just jumped from one to another a couple of times. Oh, no, no, we didn't have that option. They said, right. "Here is your option. It is French and our teacher was a Scottish woman named Maureen." <laughs> oh my god. What I wouldn't give to hear what it sounded like for her to try and pronounce some of those like the R's are all completely opposite. A true those joy. Two yes. Accents. And, but then let me tell you this. Okay. This is actually good guys. Mm-hmm. She, I think got pregnant, had to go on mat leave and they brought in this next man. And I don't know if I've ever talked about him on the podcast before, <laughs> but he was our substitute French teacher in year eight. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking 2005 here. And here's what he had to say. He firstly had to say, I am a psychic. Oh. And at this time, it was not confirmed that... Do you remember the disappeared boy, Daniel Morecambe, who was later recovered as a dead dead boy? Yeah, yeah. In 2005, he said, he's crossed over. We've had conversations. Oh, my God. To a year eight class. Then That's wild. He threw a chair at a girl. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't remember what this man's name was. I think that I've mostly trauma blacked him out. Jesus. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's uh, there's a whole lot happening with him. He also had a, like a funny sunflower hat that he wore. But the thing that got him kicked out of our Catholic high school in northern New South Wales was that he said that. was that God was not real. Oh, yeah. Well, that can be a problem for religious institutions. Oh, look, it'll do it. But yeah. I was like, I respect you more for this than I respect you for the uh, like woo woo Daniel Morecambe's dead and have a chair. You respect that's interesting. You respect him more for his religious beliefs than for throwing a chair at an innocent person. I do. I do. Yeah, because for me, it would definitely be the other way around. I thought it might, you know. Yeah, and it's yeah. nice that we have a podcast and a platform to explore these issues. What makes you feel that way? Uh, I just think like most people have never got the chance to experience being hit with a chair. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I feel like if we're to truly experience all that life has to offer, then that has to happen at some point in our lives. Yeah. You're Why not get right. it done early? You know. Yeah. Yeah, look, what, you, at, at 14 as well, I'm sure that, that that girl, whose name was Samantha, does not 
does not think about that all the time. No, no. I'm sure, uh, much like many things that happened to us during that formative period of our lives, um, she is uh, experiencing uh, nothing but healthy and comfortable repercussions, <laughs> um, feeling great about everything. Um, uh, is this episode behind a paywall? No, it's no. not. Okay. Let's continue. Uh, wonderful. Uh, <laughs> they meet Chef Marco, who's going to show them around, and they're going to shop for local ingredients together, and he's going to cook up whatever they buy. They taste some wild ham, and Patty says, I've never felt such sweetness from fat before, which is also how people talk about me. <laughs> uh, and in ITM, Tyler says she's impressed by Patty's food knowledge. Um, moments later, they're in the sunny courtyard of a Michelin star restaurant, um, where they're going to be served this food. Max, Mich Michelin, let's talk about yeah. this. It's Michelin, right? It is Michelin. As far as I know, this company does two things, right? It is yes. the second largest manufacturer of tires in the world. And yep. it also maintains a global standard of restaurant excellence. I think those two things are definitely maintained by the same company. Right. So I did some research this week. I can confirm it is the same company that does those two things. And I found out mm. that, did you know this? The only way that you can earn a Michelin star for your restaurant is they have like independent adjudicators who come and try the food. And the only way you get the star is if absolutely none of the dishes they try contain even a trace of their competitors' tires. If there's even a That's, tiny bit of yeah. Blundstone in there... It's not happening for you. Yep. If it's if it's Makes a good sense. year, I'm sorry, and it's by a bad year. For I'm you. sure you mean Bridgestone. Either. I wouldn't recommend putting either in there. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, you know what? Look, let me um let me look into this. Let me contact my people at RM Williams and we'll see what their tires have to say <laughs> for themselves. Do you think you've ever eaten at a Michelin star restaurant? I just want to quickly say that tires is car shoes, so I'm right technically. Um, have I ever you eaten at right. a Michelin star restaurant? No, I don't think so. When would I? I don't think so. What about you? I ate at uh, a restaurant called Nobu, um, which is in oh, Sydney, but is an American institution for Japanese food. Delicious. Uh -huh. It was really good. They made these tiny little tacos, little, little size of your hand kind of tacos. Is it something that I was like, I will be coming here every week? Uh, or if I had the, the means, would I come here every week? No. Mm -hmm. But as an experience, it was interesting. I Now that I think about it, when I was a kid, I did eat at a restaurant um, in Darling Harbour where you went into like a goods lift and they made it seem like you were taking off into outer space. And then when you got into the mm. food part in the sort of diner, like 50s American style diner thing, you were served by like aliens and you could order from a touch screen and you could watch cartoons on the little screen there and it was called Zertz. Mm. And I don't know if it had a Michelin star, but if it was up to me, I would definitely give it one. Yeah, so, I mean, like I've, I've had experiences like this. For example, you know, I won this competition once and uh, me and my granddad actually got to go to this factory where, look, I mean, huh, it was cool. incredible to see how how the sausage is made. Um, but instead of sausages, obviously, they were like sweets and there were like OH&S concerns, uh. the whole thing. But, oh, really? you know, outside of the um, like outside of the girl who turned purple and the boy who blew himself up, it was it was a fantastic time. 
Yeah, well, honestly, that girl probably had it coming because she went to a candy factory and had one stick of gum. And apparently that's a big fucking deal for old Willy Wonka. I've I've got it out for this fucking guy. Like, well, I don't know whose fault it is, but it's like a lot of these kids deserves what they was coming to. You know, like even uh, Augustus Gloop, I feel like, is Augustus also kind Gloop. of innocent. But Classic, like, yes, yeah. get you, don't don't have too much. You know, you're allowed to try it, but don't fucking fall in. Mike TV, he's a little brat. We don't like this kid. But like fucking Violet Beauregard, is that the one who just has yeah, one Violet single? Yeah, Violet Beauregard, yeah, yeah. One single, because everyone's like hoofing up like the little flowers, you know, like, oh, I've got to try this. The fucking Beans main character who gets rewarded at the end for being so pure and good stole fizzy lifting drinks. Let's not overlook this. Yeah, it's absolutely right. You know what? And uh, I uh, I don't think that um, I don't think that he should have gotten away with it. No. I mean, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. Like her whole thing is chewing gum, right? Like that's yeah. what she likes to do. She got into the chocolate bar thing so she could go to the factory because it's a candy factory where they make lots of things, including gum. She, her main thing is gum. She took a detour she, yep. from gum so that she could go to the place where they make the gum. She tried yep. the gum, and yep. then they sang a song about how horrible she was. <laughs> yeah, brother, you know, my brother later, in Christ, you made the gum. Years later, she's on the show. And they're like, do you remember for $64,000 what happened with the brand of gum? And she's like, yes, in fact, I've had a trauma memory. And that is how Gum Dog Millionaires ha- happened. <laughs> oh, such a story of trauma. But overcoming that as well, you know. That's Adversity, what's so you know. The food comes, they eat the food, they joke about wanting to drink a pint of the olive oil. It's pretty cute. I want to I say... I really like this. This is just like a great date. This is like a good, like, more, you know, you don't see enough of these. We watch, this is what we come to these shows for, essentially. Are you about to revise your opinion on, on Patty? Yeah, I, I truly am. Like, this is, okay. the, this is the point where I'm coming around on Patty, and I'm like... Uh, I still, I don't really know exactly what the situation was the week before. And maybe I was misinterpreting it. I think you were talking me around on that as we were podcasting about it. Um, he seems, he seems fine, you know? And, and like, as this date continues, you know, they are, they're sharing and opening up to each other, you know? Um, Patty asks Tyler why she hasn't dated much. And she shares that growing up as the only child of divorced parents meant that she didn't have an idealistic sort of view of, of love and a long lasting relationship. So she pushed it onto the back burner to avoid getting her heart broken. And, um, you know, like this stuff I feel like is great. And I, it feels like, um, they are both showing that they're willing to open up to each other and also asking the right kinds of questions of each other so that it feels comfortable to share these things. They're warm Um, and kind and I love it. Yeah. Patty also shares some wisdom. Um, he says that you have to be lucky to experience heartbreak, um, which I like. It's a good sentiment, you know? Um, and, and to be able to come through that makes you stronger. Um, Max, I, I don't know if I mentioned, <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned that I just got dumped, but like this scene, like th- this was connecting with me, you know? Okay. So Patty, Patty's come right for your feels. Yeah. This, this Patty Tyler date, I was like, whew, Okay. It's lovely. I yeah. I don't have any qualms here. I, j- I just think it's beautiful to see two people having a very nice, very hmm, amicable but also flirty interaction on the television. That yeah. makes me feel warm and happy. And uh, look, I uh, I think that Patty is right. You learn a lot. And let me let me extend it a little bit further. You learn from trauma. You know, you learn from the yeah. uh, 
the bad shit that you go through. And I think that broadly it makes you a more empathetic kind of person to be able to step outside of the boundaries of what you might have been comfortable with, to have been pushed and pushed, and then to turn around and to say, well, look, I learned a lot from that. And now I can more comfortably say what I want and how I define what my needs are. Yeah. And not that you would ever, you would ever wish it on someone or, you know, you, you would hope that someone doesn't have to experience all that, anything like that. But, um, you know, he, he says like when he was younger, he had a fear of commitment and vulnerability. And he, he thinks that it stemmed from not having a really secure, like motherly figure in his life. Um, You're right. I just think like, this is like, I, th- I personally think that it's pretty uncommon to see two people, particularly at the age as they are, which is like quite a bit younger than us. Mm. Um, they've like really worked on themselves and are like open to talking about it and, and, mm. and really, you know, cause people get vulnerable and on dating shows, but I think this, this shows a level of like insight into oneself that, um, Often I think when someone is vulnerable in a reality show, it, they have figured out how they're going to present their vulnerability and they present it in, a, a, in its most digestible form or whatever. Yeah, they strike me as self-aware people and particularly they strike me as self-aware people who are good at uh, presenting themselves to television or making themselves marketable or palatable or whatever, like you, you phrase that, but that doesn't, you don't get to do that unless you have the foundational self-awareness to begin with. And that is something that I find striking about both of these people. Mm. Well, Chelsea and Josh are swimming in a pool. Josh is being very funny. He does impressions of a salmon. Um, He does a joke about uh, tuna ending up in cans, uh, which I think is extremely good. Josh, Josh has like a great sense of physical comedy. He also has a lot of good puns up his sleeves. I'm like, Josh is crushing these episodes. He's got a lot of bits. Josh is yeah. good. Um, Chelsea reiterates to Josh that her experience on the show has been quite overwhelming, um, which is very okay, hey, There are like four men who are, <laughs> have set their sights on you, which right. feels like, uh, like, let's, you know, we've been truffle hunting, but <laughs> realistically, Chelsea is also being hunted. Right. And, like, even if no one is pursuing you, this is still an overwhelming experience with, like, weird uh, times of day that you have to be doing certain things and, like, you know, you have to constantly be talking about yourself. Like, there's a thousand things that make this an alienating experience. So there's no, you know, and things move very quickly and, you know, there's no faulting her on this. Um, But you also, like, you know, you you can tell that she is not saying this because uh, she's trying to talk, like talk her way into being with Josh or anything, you know, like nah. I don't, you don't have to be a body language expert to see that they're like at least a foot apart, maybe even like a meter apart at all times in the pool. Um, so she's not know. into it and that's okay. It's totally fine. Yeah. It's just the way it goes. Um, back on the ship, the pizza makers are served their pizzas. Um, a twin who I imagine is probably Jesse uh, asks Katie and Chris how their relationship is going. Um, Chris says they had a fantastic first date, but they still have to develop and grow to see where they stand. Katie agrees and says, yeah, we haven't had that many deep conversations at all. Chris says, well, you know, I, I find your happiness infectious. You know, he hopes that, uh, he's making her feel happy too. Katie says they had a great date, but she doesn't feel like he's been paying her very much attention since then. Go Katie. 
Yeah, and she she details how this made her feel, right? She she goes like, "Why would you kiss me if you wouldn't want to speak to me?" Um, and I was in my own head like, "Is he just trying to play me to get ahead here?" You know, I, I was genuinely like, "This guy is just messing with my head." So Jay sort of steps in. He's sitting at sitting at this pizza table too, and he vouches for Chris, and he says that he and Chris have talked. He does fancy her, so. I think you guys will get through this. You kind of just need to, you know, talk through it a little bit or yeah. communicate or whatever. Um, and Chris says, yeah, you know, he, he, he was in his head. He apologizes for putting her in that position. And then in an ITM, Katie says, he explained, he communicated with me. So I'm happy as Larry now. So things are looking better. Like this is, it feels like it's modeling good behavior at this point. And it's like, you know, they, they both agree that they want to go to the next level and get to that place that Jay and Sally are, right? So we're all good, right? And then the whole cast gathers for cocktails on deck 17. They excitedly share the details of their dates with each other. And we see an ITM from Chris, who um, he's sort of changed into this like black, very low cut shirt. And he's like, done his hair probably a bit of gel in there some kind of product he looks like some kind of like dark mm -hmm. magician um yeah it's a very strange a look for Chris. like it's so like if you're doing this you must know what's about to happen right 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 exactly like you don't dress like this if your name is chris unless you intend to follow it with angel mind freak a hundred percent yeah um, and yeah, so in this ITM, he says, ultimately I had one date with Katie and it went fantastic, but we are also here to meet everyone and meet lots of people. And today, I guess there were some red flags raised with Katie. And then moments That's later, not, no, yeah, no, moments later, we see him in a group chat with Moana who says she's trying to pick between Josh and Harley and then Chris pulls her aside for a one-on-one -on -one chat, which turns awkward very fast. Chris says, so obviously your roomie's with Katie. Uh, how's, how's she going? And Moana says, yeah, like she, she's good. Uh, is there anything in particular that you wanted to talk about with, with Katie? And Chris goes, no, I, I just wanted some, uh, yeah, uh, some time with you, I guess. Oh no. And Moana goes, with me or to get to know Katie. And what Chris does is, I guess, since this chat has gone so well so far, he leverages it to launch into a bit of a Hail Mary. Um, Good Lord. Not the, not the ones we heard in the boom, boom room earlier. <laughs> um, uh, he asks basically straight away. And, then, and this is obviously, this is just what we see in the edit. And I want to preface that, you know, yeah. like, all this stuff gets manipulated. This is highly edited. Yes. Um, but he asked basically straight away whether Moana would consider calling his name. Oh, boy. Uh, big pause. Then Moana ITMs. I honestly didn't know what to say. Katie's my roommate. She's one of my closest he friends here. And she tells him, this is new to me that this was a thing. Uh, you guys spent this massive date together. You obviously kissed her and really liked her. And she's actually quite into you. 
and Chris kind of realizes that he's fucked up, and he, you know, throughout this conversation, he's kind of trying to plead for mercy. It's at least it seems like it seems like he realizes like oh boy <laughs> this, is, this is the wrong move. For uh, me. He realized too late though. You, right, like, exactly. I appreciate Chris if you want to test the waters, that's okay. But the point at which he says to get to know me or to get to know more about Katie is the point at which you go, oh no, more about Katie. Yeah, exactly. I, I, that's that, that's the point where you would be getting a strong yes if there was going to be a strong yes. Yeah. Um, or even just like don't do this stuff right now and do it. You know. On the the day before, where you weren't talking to Katie, do you know? it in a situation where you might be in a position of power, rather than trying to strong arm uh, right. Moana into using her selection yeah. on you because you will seem less like like the bad guy or whatever. Yeah, and the fact that she was like, oh, "I'm trying to choose between these two fairly concrete options that I have," and he's like, "Hmm." Two, that's an interesting number. Let me introduce you to its friend three. You know, yeah. like, like yeah. You sh- at that point, you should be thinking, like, I need to re-strategize here. As much as Through this the is, like... window or whatever. Yeah, this is a strategic move. He's trying to remove himself from the uh, emotional reality of it all, which in <sighs> itself is uh, ill-advised. But you can understand why he's doing it, because he just wants to fucking stay, right? You know, or he wants another yeah. chance or something. He, he maybe has, is thinking that that Katie is not his his person, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But be straightforward about it rather than be underhanded right. about it. Exactly. Um, Moana tells him it will be interesting to see what happens tonight. Which is oh my god, which is just like she's juicy. just like I'm telling on you. Yeah, uh, and then like basically straight away, Moana tells Katie, who is shocked. Um, Katie ITMs, guys lie to you to tell you what you want to hear to string you along. I'll have to have a think and see what I'm going to do next. Things are heating up. Uh, Jesse gets his chance to talk to Chelsea, where he empathizes with the position that she's in at the moment, uh, having 300 people chasing after her, Mm. but still says that another date would be unreal before she makes her decision about him. But also he emphasizes that he wants her to make whatever choice is right for her is always a good you know that is true it is a fact that it is her right to make this decision so you might as well get on board with it um and then dalton approaches to steal chelsea away and we see him itming that he is confident she's going to choose him before this itm is drowned out by a comically loud blast from the ship's horn which I was confident they added in post because it's such a comedy beat. But then I went on the Wikipedia page for the Regal Princess, which is the ship that they film this thing on. And embedded on the Wikipedia page for the Regal Princess is the sound of the ship's horn, which is the theme from The Love Boat. So like they might have, they, they still could have inserted this in in post, but I was so shocked to learn that that's not something they did for the show. This has in fact been the ship's, horn since it was like first debuted in 2014 right because like so let me say to you that the people who are going on this who are also associating it with the love boat are charmed by this right um and it's just now that it's inconvenient for television (laughs) right although it is in fact quite convenient uh because it makes it's contributing to dalton's um like villain slash full edit Um, yeah, they actually had the original cast, or at least some of them, the original cast of The Love Boat, uh, christen the ship. Oh. 
in uh, 2014. So, I mean, don't care. We're not doing they podcasts about that. They had sex on it. That's wild. <laughs> That's right. Yes. All of them got together. They're all, I want to say, charitably in their 70s. You know what? And they just went for it. They just had a big old bacchanalial uh, foofaroar. You know when your words fall out of your mouth and you're like, is that fucking going to end up being the episode title? Are we going to try and convince people to listen to this using the phrase bacchanalial foo-for-all? <laughs> <laughs> that person doesn't exist. Nobody's clicking on this because no, it's called what? that. Nope. Oh, boy. Uh, Chelsea tells Dalton she had a great day with Josh today, which has only made her decision harder. Dalton tells Chelsea... I feel like I know where your head's already at, and I feel like you've already got someone that you've chosen. Do you not? Ugh. Um, and he goes, where are you going with this? Are you going to pick me tonight? It's, like, very yucky, very, like, controlling behavior. Um, and clearly, you could feel it from across the room because Naomi walks over to check in on them. She's like, I'm sensing some fucking vibes from this corner. Um, <laughs> she tells Chelsea to trust Something's herself. going wrong. Look, she's sensing the vibes of uh, someone who might describe themselves in their dating bio as cheeky. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Um, which is not what's happening. Not my fave. No. Um, yeah, Naomi tells Chelsea to trust herself, saying, you know what's good for you right now. There's things that are being shown to you right now, and you've just got to trust that. And Chelsea gets overwhelmed and starts to cry. It is pretty hard to watch. Meanwhile, Tyler points out that Josh looks exactly like Chris Lilly and Matthew Lillard, which is so bang on. I had oh. not noticed this. This is she mentions this is a skill she has, and I was awestruck by it. The the just how accurate this was. And then Josh does a really good Scooby Doo impression as well. If Very we good. ever get Tyler on the podcast, we're gonna have to get her to do her um if this celebrity met that celebrity profiles for the both of us. I think that's a good idea, yeah, for mm. sure. Um, we're talking about Scooby-Doo. Can I talk briefly, very briefly about my experience on the Scooby-Doo spooky coaster at Warner Brothers Movie World and my recent trip to the Gold Coast, home of Network 10. Yes, absolutely. Please tell me everything. Mm. So I think maybe I've talked about this before. Um, Evie and I bonded early in our relationship over having a shared traumatic experience on the Gremlins ride at Warner Brothers Movie World. That's correct. Yes. Um, we were not together obviously these were separate and, and i think years apart but we both were horrified by this ride which is designed for probably slightly older children than either of us were at the time um i mm. i cried so much they had to let me and my dad off the ride like i it was like it That's was not so tenable funny. for me to stay on there Look, so the gremlins ride no longer position, very sad for you wait also on the gremlins ride is this nope a... just in various times where they've been like you and your dad get off yeah yeah um, so the Gremlins ride obviously no longer exists because it is the year 2022. And I think most people don't really, uh, hold that in a cherished place in their hearts anymore, unfortunately. Mm. But mm. what they do have is the Scooby-Doo spooky coaster, which has been there for a while and I've never been on. Um, and so Evie and I thought, what a great way for us to sort of bookend this shared early trauma in our lives. We will both go on the spooky-doo, spooky, spooky, smoochie-boochies. And what happened yep. was yep. we queued up, we got to the front of the line and we took our seats in this spooky doo scoopy poopy and I could not get the bar to go all the way down into a safe position because I am a large boy. And so mm. 
I got kicked off the spooky <gasps> do spooky pooky bookie. And so she went on on her own and she was like, yeah, it was fine. You would, you know, whatever. But yeah. I still have in me this unresolved <laughs> childhood trauma. I was going, you know, so I was going to overcome this thing and finally defeat it or whatever. Yeah. But what yep. has actually happened now is I have a somewhat more interesting chapter in the sense that now I can go back in another 20 years or something like that and then finally conquer whatever it is oh that has God. taken the spooky pooky dookie place. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, it was somewhat jarring experience. <laughs> But they did give me free ticket to go front of line on my next ride, and I went down the big um, drop, and it was fun. You had a good time on the drop. <laughs> oh, look, we had a wonderful time. I just thought I would share that spooky, pooky, dooky, chooky. It did story. feel spooky, pooky, and chooky. Thank you for thank you for sharing. It provided the ultimate scare. Mm. Body shaming. Well, they, <laughs> they made me feel. They made me feel fine about it. They weren't like they weren't trying to rub it in or anything. But it was yeah, just yeah. like. Oh, dear. Anyway, uh, Dalton gets up and leaves Chelsea with Naomi and Tyler. And mm -hmm. Naomi discloses that Dalton made an unwanted comment about her body at the pool party, which made everybody uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and she says, I've known you for this long. I'm doing a small, small pinchy finger hand gesture. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, it's not good enough for you. You deserve so much better. And in ITM, Chelsea says, I am listening to everyone. I know they've got my best interests at heart, but at the same time, you didn't see what I see, which is fair. And I want to, I want to provide space for that. Like we are obviously getting quite a one-sided version of events here, but yes. also this should not be one of the sides. If there's more sides, this is a bad side. It's not a great side to be on. Hmm. I would prefer to go inside unseen, to be honest with you. Right. I agree. So it's time for Dark Magician Chris to try and vouch for himself to Katie and give Dark his version Magician of events. Dark Magician Chris is fucked. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just a look. It's like the ruffled sort of shirt. I don't know. The uh, whole thing Dark is just like to put him, put him at the Wynn Hotel in Las Vegas and let him get eaten by a tiger. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, what results here seems a little bit clipped and edited, but it doesn't make him look very good. Um, he says... I was just unsure about what your feelings are. That is to say, that's what excuses him just randomly going and talking to somebody else and seeing if they're interested instead. No, it's fine to do that, Chris. You just have yeah. to be open in your communication with your other person. Right. She clarifies that she actually said if he continued to ignore her like he had done after their date, then she wouldn't have picked him. So he evidently just misunderstood this or assumed that she was just generally having second thoughts, but didn't pay attention to the specifics, which were pretty clearly this laid out. This feels like lies to me. This feels like lies. It's either lies or just like a really boneheaded error. I think it's lies. Yeah. Um, I think, I guess I'm inclined to agree. Like, I don't want to believe that he is dumb, I find it easier to believe that he is, oh, I don't know. It's complicated. Oh, uh, uh, it is complicated when you get to um, the point of deciding between dumb or malicious. Yeah. Uh, those, neither neither is a place that you particularly want to be in, but I, I... I... I guess it's just like all things. It's kind of a combination of everything and like, I don't know what it's like to be in this environment. And... I'm being led by the edit and I'm choosing to believe that he's malicious. He may well not be. Yeah. Uh, but based on what we are seeing on the show, 
yeah. and that's all we can respond to until we get other information. Right. It sure seems like he was trying to both have and eat cake. Right. Yes. Um, she tells him, I don't get to win here. I look so stupid right now, Chris, to which he says, you don't. Uh, you don't. You look beautiful. <laughs> That would have been good. No, he just says, you don't look stupid. I look stupid. And I'm like, you actually do, Chris. I'm really sorry to say it, but you're, you've in fact hit the nail on the head. You actually do look stupid. He does. But just not really for the reason that I think you think. Like, and this is the worst of it because he looks stupid and mean. Yeah. Um, and he, but you know, like he does, it's, a, I, I imagine you will feel the same way that I do, that it is too little too late, but he does apologize. Yeah. Um, and in a way that does seem earnest, like, or at least that, that he is... Um, upset and uh, doesn't want her to be upset. I don't know if it's much deeper than that. Um, it's really hard because if you've made the strategic decision to go behind the person who you have kissed and you are dating within the parameters of the TV show's back to then pursue something with someone else who is their roommate and to try to do that in secret. Yeah. And like, I find it hard to accept that the apology is, is genuine, but I also am open to the idea that maybe maybe yes he just he just got it wrong yeah like i think that um you know he he did do the wrong thing and i think that yeah. the apology is like i don't know how sorry you can be really like or you know That's how it. sorry because it's it. like you you did it. like what do you mean <laughs> you're sorry you're sorry because you don't like how things are feeling right now which i get right precisely um and I'm sure on reflection and now, you know, he's probably feeling quite differently about it. And he's like, why did I ever make such a dumb mistake? In, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, he says, it's not fair on you. I treated like crap. Uh, you didn't deserve that. I know. Um, and, you know, Katie, she does say it's okay, but she walks out of the room and Chris shoots a smoldering look off camera as he shuffles his deck of cards. And that's the end of the episode. Let us discuss one of the most important episodes of The Real Love Boat Australia to be broadcast this week on Network 10. Mm. The Real Love Boat mm. Australia Season 1, Episode attention. 6, aired 20th of October 2022. We begin this episode at the cast-off ceremony, where two men will be sent home, and Darren instructs the men to make their final case to the women. Starting with the obvious, you know, Dan and Naomi, Jay and Sally. I'm going to skip some of these. Patty and Tyler. Harley pitches to Moana, where he describes his tango class with her and Dalton as a date, which could easily be true for all I know, but I don't really remember it that mm. way myself. We, we, we saw probably 30 seconds of it tops in, in the edit, so whatever. How many does it take to... In my experience, a date is 45 seconds or longer. Uh, yes. Okay. 45 seconds or longer. And then uh, to tango. Oh, to tango. Uh, it wouldn't be one. Three seems like a crowd. I would say two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, we can ask Jesse. Matthew Perry, Neve Campbell and uh, fucking whoever else is in that movie. Which movie? Three to tango. Oh, right. I thought for some reason you were saying three's company. And that's an old sitcom. Uh, Jesse pitches to Chelsea. Josh, bless his heart. He doesn't just start by saying, like, here's who I'm going to pick. He starts by saying, 
I've been looking for love for a long time. And I'm Josh, like, I love Josh, you. Oh, I'm getting misty eyed. He's like, I definitely put the effort in in a relationship. I'm really open in communication and I put, I put their feelings before mine. And he sort of, he gently pitches Chelsea. But I think he knows, you know, it's not, he's not a front runner. So here's the thing. Here's what I don't want for Josh. Hmm. I put your feelings before mine. It's not a strong pitch. No. I think he's just basically... On one level, I feel like he's pitching himself generally to see if somebody will take mercy on him. Absolutely. Yeah, who's going to be the, the, the mercy bite? And the other thing I think maybe he is pitching is the nation of Australia who are watching along at home. Right. Do you, I don't know if you ever watched the, um, the Chinese uh, like dating game show, um, I, no, sorry, If You Are The One. Yes, I have. Um, which aired on SBS. I, I think I remember one of the things that I really liked about that show is when a man gets rejected um, on that show. Um, you don't have to know how the show works for, for this, but um, when a man gets rejected by all of the like 32 or whatever women that are, are adjudicating his worth or whatever, he get, goes into a room where there's a camera set up and he can sort of just vaguely make his pitch to the women of the world. And uh, often it is quite funny because they are essentially publicly shamed at this point. And yes. Returning to their turtle shell or whatever. Yeah. But sometimes... You know, they are, they get to make a case for themselves and, and you can feel that like maybe that does help on some level. So like yeah. maybe that's maybe that's the vibe here from Josh. I don't Josh know. is hoping firstly to get a Raya pass. What do you get <laughs> if you go on Raya? You get a subscription, yeah. I don't know. A login, a invite access pass. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so that's what he's hoping for firstly here. And then secondly, he's hoping to make a good impression on that platform or at least to be able to get like a root off hinge or something. Are these guys getting blue ticks out of this? We have to find out. Nah, there's no, like I Josh is not think, getting like, a blue tick. It's not in contract. Like, like they wouldn't have been able to leverage that. I, I don't know Josh. how they leverage that in Bachelor, by the way. Yeah, no, me neither. I think that's really fascinating because sometimes we see them and they do have blue ticks, sometimes they don't. I wonder if it is how good your publicist's relationship with Instagram is because there are different Bachelor publicists. True, and... but I know that in, in recent years they have had it as part of the, like, as part of the deal of handing over your account login and stuff. Yeah. If you are on good behavior until the end of your contract like hypothetically you get a blue tick like they get have verified channel 10 has access they know somebody at twitter i don't know how it works it's curious yeah. okay i'm gonna find out when they hire me on based on this episode very exciting <laughs> uh and then dalton makes the third chelsea pitch of the night um and he just says jesse josh you're both legends but i'm here for myself at the end of the day and i feel like we've got something there um Good on you, Dalton. Uh, Chris says he's not sure his connection with Katie can be salvaged, but if nothing else, he wants to make amends. Katie says nothing. And so Tyler partners up with Patty. Sally picks Jay. Naomi picks Dan. Um, it, I, I'm watching this and I'm like, it is a bit weird seeing what is obviously a rose ceremony, but there's no roses. Mm. It just goes way quicker. Mm. They don't have to like stand in front of each other. It's not the formality of handing out the thing. Right, pinning yeah. a little thing on the lapel or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But it does, weirdly, just my brain has been massaged into slime over years and years of binging Bachelor that I'm expecting it and it feels like something's missing. Even though I've mm. watched plenty of other shows. I don't know. I, who can explain what's going on in there? Um, Chelsea says that this experience has really rocked her, which is something I've been warned about doing with boats. 
Um, Fuck you. <laughs> but ah, that's so good. <laughs> speaking of rocking the boat, baby, um, I'd like to know where she got the notion. You know that song? The boat, baby. You know the song. I'd like to know where she got the notion. Go rock the boat. It's a funny reference. Baby. My, the safe heads will get it. Um, where she got the notion to pick Dalton, which is what she does. She says, oh, I have to Jesse. lead with my heart and what I want. So contrary to what anyone has said to me, I'm going to go with Dalton tonight. Christ. Why? Like, throw everyone else under the bus. Why don't you? <laughs> it's true. It the is, contrary this is to what the... anyone else has said mm-hmm. is, is like mm-hmm. one extra, you know, we get it. She's like, I have... Thank you for throwing all of these red flags at me and in a different way than fucking Chris described red flags as part of a woman stating her needs earlier in <laughs> like he's like, Well, she would like to be noticed. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. not. This seems like a big red flag in conversation to me, I so I'm gonna like see what's that. up with her roommate. Yeah. Instead, this fuck fuck Chelsea come on <laughs> like I just uh oh 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 I'm feeling it's intense. definitely like it's definitely like edge of your se- like stand up yellow tv kind of television you yeah. know it's like it's like what are you like it's one yeah, of the biggest like, shocks they presented him as such a a villain and everyone around Chelsea has come to her and and pled their case to be like do you know who might not be a nice man this fellow essentially backing up the edit so that you at home are like, well, I must be right about how I'm feeling about this guy. It's great editing. It's really it's good. Masterful fucking mm. production. As much as it is potentially, if he's, if he isn't that bad of a guy, it is like one of the more brutal sort of character assassinations or whatever. But also sure. I think about it. And I'm like, I don't think I've seen anything from this guy that makes me think, you know, our mission statement for this podcast is like, everybody's a person you know, mm-hmm. but I'm just like, maybe he needs to gr- do some growing, learning, thinking about himself or something. That's the most charitable I can be because everything's fucking indefensible with this cat. I don't get it. Let's think about what's going on inside here. Yeah. yeah. Like in a way that like Chris, look, I get it. You want the best of both worlds. You're on a TV show. Hmm. You're in the Mediterranean. Probably. Is that where Italy is? Yeah, dude. Roughly. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's fine. This man, I don't understand. I yeah, fundament yeah. based on the edit, and I will continue to say based on the edit, I fundamentally right. don't understand what's going on here. And I also, based mm. on that, don't understand why Chelsea finds him attractive. Yeah. I don't know. I can't put myself in that perspective. Really? No. You know? There's no, gotta like, be something... And I want to. Yeah. God, I is... want to put myself in that perspective. I want to know why. And yeah. what's going on there. But it requires a level of psychoanalysis that I'm not prepared to go into four beers and three hours into a podcast deep. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, like th- there is something to the fact that she keeps saying that there is a version of him that the others aren't seeing, which like is not, is is maybe something that you would just say. But also I believe her when she says that, like there there must be something going on when the two of them are just alone or, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I, I feel like that doesn't come out of nowhere. But because we're not seeing it, um, I have no reason to support that argument. Is there any possibility that she's referencing the others, the Nicole Kidman film? (laughs) Is there any possibility? Well, that's a very good film. And we are drawing ever closer to Halloween. Spooky movie. Good movie. Not perfect, but good. Um, Moana picks Harley. So it's down to Katie to make the last pick. 
She thanks Chris for the apology. She says that she did feel a connection with him, but ultimately her pick goes to Jesse. Yes. Yeah. And she says, I'm heartbroken. I really am, but I have to stick with what my morals are. I have to be true to myself. I know that I deserve better. I am a great person and I am a catch. And then in ITM, she says, I chose me in the end. Sick. I I chose me. I chose my self-worth and I'm like fist pumping. I'm like, yeah, this is great. This is a good shit. Yeah. And, And particularly when you have this coming right on the back of this other thing that made you stand up and yell at your TV. It's like such a great, like, uh, shot chaser. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah. It was just a very exciting evening of television. Um, Chris says that he would have done things differently if he had the chance. He actually did have the chance. Of course you would have. (laughs) You had so many chances to be able to do this. Oh, I'm so frustrated with Chris. I like, I don't know whether I'm more frustrated with Chelsea or with, uh, with Chris, probably Chelsea because Dalton is mm. still there. But uh, yeah. Chris is, is there's a particular brand of like, and this is okay. So listeners on the bachelor of hearts, Patreon, we were discussing how in the book, we love love that Chelsea, mm. Chelsea, goodness me, that uh, Brit and Laura have written. Uh, there's a whole section dedicated to narcissism, what it is, and whether or not five pages might be enough to give someone a full understanding of what, you know, like what that might encompass in total. Mm-hmm. And uh, these are the kinds of things where, like, I'm I'm scared of people looking at, at Chris on the TV and being like, narcissist. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. it's, a, I, because, it's a label that people like hitting. Right, right, exactly. So instead, I would like to look at him and say, like, idiot. You know what I mean? Like you wanted so much more and you thought that you were good enough to achieve all of the duplicity that you thought that you could. Instead, it just, it just came out underneath you. And I don't know who raised you, but go back to where, go go back, go back off the boat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's easier for me to get behind the um, Dalton sucks train than the Chris sucks train, just because with Dalton, it's such a repeated pattern of behavior. Um, that we're seeing, whereas Chris yeah. has essentially just done one really bad thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree. Yeah, you're uh, right. I, uh, I don't know. Better. There's just something about that that really feels uh, yuck to me. Emotionally yuck. I guess maybe let me let me put it from my perspective, and I don't want to mm. make you feel bad, Max. Obviously, Chris made some mistakes on the show. However. It's actually by erasure to make him face consequences for his actions. Uh, like it's actually yeah, pretty biphobic yeah. for him to have mm. to. And I can say this as a bisexual person myself. Like it's I actually pretty fucked up. Uh, and mm. I demand a written apology. Um, Josh says it's well, not look, about um, the destination. A, it's about the journey. Oh, this great. is narcissist yeah. erasure. <laughs> okay, good. Um, Josh says it's not about the je- destination It's about the journey And he's made some friends for life Which is wonderful I, Josh is a king What a good sort um, I really thought that on the first episode He was going to be sent home But he wasn't And I'm so glad that he stuck around Because he's fucking funny Yeah, me too I think uh, maybe I had dismissed him early as well um, Which feels like one of those things That I try and tell people not to do When they're on this type of show And I always get annoyed at people when they do But uh, at the end of the day Like he, I'm, we're all better off for the fact that he stuck around as long as he did. The ship arrives in Chivatavecchia. Got it in one try. Um, where it will pick up two new singles. 
Um, I didn't realize they were still releasing singles. <laughs> Maybe on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, on deck, we see Jesse being very thankful to Katie for picking him. And she jokes, you're just lucky that Chris screwed up. It's great. Fuck. Um, Duty arrives on his own this time. Hannah is curiously absent from this entire episode. What do we think is going on there? They say later that she is, quote, busy planning dates, which makes me feel like a lie. Like, you don't plan the dates for starters. But also, if even, even if you were planning every date, still you can schedule your time a little better that you don't miss an entire day of filming. The real love boat, Austra- wait, no, the other thing. What is it? Below Deck Australia season two has been announced as being renewed. Oh, really? Yes. Wait, is she on that? She's on one. Of, I think she's on like I, a... Was it Below Deck that she got kicked off for the She's the definitely situation? on Below Deck. I just don't know if she's on the Australian one. She, she, You know what? It probably is. She's probably just... Oh, no, she's not on the American one. Is she ship hopping? She's not on the real love boat US. So I don't know. Yeah, Maybe she's on... Uh, <laughs> she's at the maybe- buffet. Maybe she's a fan of shit pop. Yes. No, I think she's just showering down. I think she's having a great time. Good. I would love that if she was, she was just like, I'm hungry cocktails. today. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I'm sorry. I have to take the whole day off. They've done a, they've done a pork belly that looks fucking outrageously good. That would be me. Um, uh, Duty tells them that there are two new people coming and they, the new people will be able to pick whoever they want to take on a little date. And then they arrive. First up is Michaela, self-described alpha female from the Gold Coast. She is a 23-year-old digital marketer who knows what she wants. Michaela. (laughs) Max just doffed his cap to (laughs) Michaela. Uh, Jesse immediately takes notice of Michaela. Um, They even animate (laughs) some little pink love heart eyes onto him, which is pretty funny. It's the only time we've seen that, though. Like, did they have to contact a special, like a visual effects CGI department just for this? Then we meet Courtney. Courtney. I'm <laughs> you can't hear it. Uh, Courtney is a 25-year-old functions manager. In her video package, uh, we see her doing a tarot card reading, which, of course, means that Dalton is going to be really into her because we know he loves all that spiritual stuff. Absolutely. Very open to that. Um, both of these women seem surprised and kind of delighted by the fact that there are twins on board, which was not our reaction, but um, you use do use. Um also, I'm guessing that they probably noticed that the twins are the only ones who are not like literally arm in arm, rugged up, coupled up, cuddling at that moment with their partners. Right. You know? there's, there's a very deliberate choice made here. So, so Courtney picks Harley and then Michaela picks Jesse. And I, I just wanted to stop and talk about this for a second because I feel like if this were another reality show mm. and they were trying to squeeze the maximum amount of reality TV drama juice out of this situation... They would not have the intruders come into an environment where the couples are like really clearly delineated. And, you know, if you wanted to steal somebody's partner, you would have to literally look them in the oh eye. God, absolutely. They would be putting Chelsea out there on a platter. Right. What they, I think they would do is they would either toss them into the middle of a free for all where everyone's just kind of mingling, or they would even engineer a situation where the women who have already coupled up with the men are not there at all. I guess what I'm, what I'm proposing is some sort of split week or maybe like a Casa Amor type of situation. 
I don't know if there's a if there's any precedent for this being adapted into another reality dating Whoa. show. Um, anyway, just a thought. Um, I also think there's something quite funny about two new bombshells entering the villa and immediately just picking the two previous bombshells who entered the villa. True. Like, I feel like you could look at that and think, hmm, the stuff that the producers are doing to stir up drama is clearly not working. Right. But in fact, I think that this is in line with our thesis about this show just being a little bit more chill. and The nice ma- boat. Yeah, and maybe it's like, it's just kind of funny and a little... I don't know. It's like dorky, I want to say, on some level. There's something it's... nice about it that we're going to start here. I hope that it splinters off into some dramatic direction, but sure. I don't necessarily need it to. Yes, right. I, ex- I, I, I agree. So Michaela and Jesse set off on their date. Michaela is riding a Vespa and Jesse is in the little sidecar, which is frankly a very funny image. My Vespa, my Jesse. <laughs> I'm not sure if I've ever seen a Vespa with a sidecar before. No, you... uh, it feels like it's like a Pokemon thing. Do you know what I mean? Like there's something mm-hmm. about um, cartoonish. There's something very cartoonish about it. Max, do you mind if I take us on a bit of a sidecar sidebar? Let's set sail. <laughs> okay, so I went back and I revisited some classics of sidecar cinema this week to double Great. check. Great, Because I couldn't remember if the sidecars that I've seen in my life have been attached to... Scoot, like a scooter or a Vespa or whatever, or just a motorbike. Starsky and Hutch, are you are you going here? I didn't go to Starsky and Hutch. That's that might be a gap, but I am able to confirm that the Spielberg Tintin movie contains a motorbike with a sidecar. Uh huh. The Mummy Returns from two thousand one has a motorbike with a sidecar. Brendan Fraser, we love you. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is a motorbike with a sidecar. Again, Brendan Fraser, we love you. No. Um, Wallace and Gromit, A Close Shave, features a motorbike with a sidecar. Okay. Hagrid drives a flying motorbike with a sidecar in a couple of the Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. The British cooking program, Two Fat Ladies, from the mid to late <laughs> 1990s, prominently featured a motorbike with a sidecar. So I'm right. going through all these and I'm like, it seems like I'm never going to find another example of a scooter with a sidecar, right? Yeah. And then I stumble on two of them almost at the exact same time. Ooh. Firstly... The animated film Mr. Peabody and Sherman from 2014, itself an adaptation of like an early animated sitcom, mm. um, features a fun inversion. I don't know if you know about Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Um, it's no, a dog I'm more of a Mr. A, Game and Watch guy. <laughs> slightly different. Um, it, it's, a, it's a smart dog and a boy, and they time travel, basically. Oh, this is what right. you need to know. The, so this is a bit of an inversion on the Wallace and Gromit sidecar sequence because in this one, the genius dog who is so smart that he wears glasses, Mr. Peabody, he's the one steering the ship. While oh, and Sherman the boy's in the sidecar. is in the sidecar. It's pretty funny. Mm. And then the creme de la sidecar. I found on-set paparazzi photos courtesy of the Daily Mail Australia of... Movie legend Julia Roberts being driven around the set of the film Ticket to Paradise on the Gold Coast, home of Network 10's hit dating reality show The Bachelors, uh, in a freaking scooter with a sidecar. And I think I briefly talked about this, but Ticket to Paradise also includes Romy Poulier from the batch, uh, from the Honey Badger season. So it is all it's all linked. Oh, and in fact, time is a flat it's circle. Every, do you know what? Thank you. Yeah, and let's go back to the future with Mr. Peabody. Is that what you, you're saying? Mm-hmm. That's correct, yeah. Great. 
And in fact, aren't we all sort of in life's sidecar? Do you know, okay, I'm going to tell you something that I think is really beautiful and poetic. Mm -hmm. When I was in your, I don't know why I'm having such vivid substitute teacher memories in this episode. <laughs> yeah. One great. of my other substitute teachers from high school. Not the chair throwing one. Not the chair throwing one. Was this cool bass man? He played bass and he was in a band called Acre, A-C-R-E. He was and in Acon? Yeah, yeah, and he had this song called Lonely uh, that he had written. It was really good. No, um, he was in a band called Acar. He was in and Faker? <laughs> and his song was called This Heart Attack. And do you know what? He fucking died. Oh, yeah, it's pretty Yeah, tragic. yeah. Well, there was this hurricane that came to our school, la, la, la. And <laughs> uh, no, 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 Acar, A-C-R-E. Any more? Go yeah. on. Okay. The, the record was called In God's Rests. Damn it. In the, the record was called In God's Car, There's No Spare Seats. Uh, that has stuck with me forever. Mm. What does it mean? I don't know, but it is evocative, isn't it? Mm. Mm. <laughs> has God, has God a got of, a lot of, like, he's got his shopping on the back seat or something, or what? You, I don't know. You look, in a very different way to what, what if God was one of us, and in mm. a very different way to, for example, the way that um, What Does It Mean But It Stays With Us, The Real Love Boat Australia, as a title. <laughs> yeah. Um... Anyway, Courtney and Harley are going rollerblading on their date. Max, do you want a comprehensive list of times that people have rollerbladed in movies? Yes. Too bad. Uh, you're going to have to fucking put, you, put yourself, put it together okay. yourself. Uh, Jessica Simpson, a public affair music video. Okay. Yep. yep. Great. Uh, really good rollerblading sequence in that one. Beautiful. Unfortunately, it was the follow-up to the These Boots Are Made For Walk-In music right. video. Which was a problem. Yeah. A problem for everyone. Hmm. Particularly That's the me. first time I heard that song And that version sucks so much Compared to the Nancy Sinatra one. Oh, look, it's such a shitty version of it um, But at 15 I didn't look, care did I buy a ticket to see Dukes of Hazard At the hey. movies? Hey Yeah Yeah Why? I don't know The movie sucks You know, sucks. I'm working on a Florida Man song at the moment That's about the uh, Johnny Knoxville terrorist sketch in <gasps> jackass 2 oh that sounds good i yeah i'm, tr I'm trying i'm trying yeah. oh listeners hey i don't know if we've talked about this what's up i have a new music project it's called hey. florida man yeah uh, it's uh, max it's so good hey thank you listeners uh, it's so good if you, you are... can you can only see little bits of it right now but but yeah. pay attention because this shit's fucking great i've heard the i've heard the first few songs and they fucking rule you're about to have a great time. Max, if you want to tell them in more concrete terms what's going on. Well, yeah. So the situation is this. If you are someone who looks at, let's say, uh, a news headline and goes, there could be some more depth here. You know, is this telling the whole story? And if particularly you are someone who might be familiar with the internet's most enduring meme, Florida Man, in which if you put in Florida Man to Google and then a date of the year, your birthday, for example you will find a news headline that is like, Florida man has done something unreasonable. And my thought is, what if I can make you feel like that it might be reasonable? So for example, if Florida man were to call 911 because he was out of vodka, how can I get you to empathize with him? That's yeah. the aim of the project. The songs are good. I recorded and produced them all myself at the moment. There are little bits I'm launching with content because the year is 2022 and I want you to hear little bits of content and get excited about it. Uh, 
we'll, we'll put this in the Bachelor of Hearts Osh, Osh posting group as well on Facebook. But if you are interested, let's say uh, at Songs by Florida Man is where you can go on whatever platform you are on to to find little bits. Don't not do it. Do it. Yeah. It's really good. I'm really proud of it. It's really good. Max has been working fucking hard as hell. Uh, there's no way to segue back to the boat. Let's talk about the boat, though. Swamps, alligators. You know what else lives in the water? Boats. Boat. Courtney ITMs that her dating history has been bad. She tends to give a lot, but she hasn't gotten what she needs in return. She's looking to be accepted for her raw self. Um, and we watch them awkwardly try and learn to rollerblade. I guess maybe they've never done it before. It's pretty funny. They're playing music from Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake, which is a very graceful ballet while they're, you know, fumbling around. It's just, you know, I'm a man of simple pleasures. I'm enjoying this. Yeah. Um, There are also, uh, there's, I think this is a funny, like underrated funny episode of this show. Or maybe this show is like underratedly funny in general. That, that one. Um, there's, there's this funny, uh, cross cut that they do a couple of times between, um, we've got Michaela and Harley on their little, like, sky blue Vespa with a sidecar looking very sky blue Vespa with a sidecar. (laughs) That's right. And they cross cut between that and this big group of, like, serious looking Italian motorbike riders on, like, black bikes and shit. It's just, like, nice touches like this. I think the show might actually be good. It's really well edited. Yeah. Um... Also, on rewatch, I noticed that Harley uh, has got a tattoo on his arm. I always love stopping down for when we notice a tattoo. Of course. He's got a tattoo on his arm that reads fantasy and then uh, um, greater than symbol and then reality. So fantasy is better than reality. But also fantasy is spelled wrong. (laughs) Oh, Harley. No. That can't be true. Is it really true? I looked pretty closely and it looks like it says F-A-N-T-A-C-Y. Oh, no. It's a problem. You can't mistake a a C for an S. That's really funny. Yeah. Unless, is fantasy the name of a crypto coin or something? Look, (laughs) that's the other part of this, right? Like it could be a, uh, in fact, one of my favorite bad tattoos ever um is a tattoo that a man got <laughs> i've ever talked to you about this mm-hmm. uh documentary that was about bad tattoos that i watched years oh, yeah. and years ago because you did all the la ink and everything right like oh you, yeah look yeah. i've not la ink but ink master is my favorite that's one. the one yes sorry. yeah with uh chris nunez and the guy from uh, jane not songs about jane the other band jane's jane. addiction jane's addiction yes yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, there's a guy who gets europeanboatparty.com tattooed across his chest. <laughs> really good. And then uh, on his back, he uh, has cunt. And then he also has Martin is a cunt. <laughs> really good. Who's Martin? We don't know. Don't know. And he's like, it's... I would never remove these. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's one of those things. You don't know what necessarily what it means, but it's very evocative. Yeah. Uh, so Harley and Michaela stop at a cafe called Bar Italia, which I believe is actually on Norton Street in Leichhardt. Lol. So I think they actually saved some money here. Not a lot of people know this. They actually shot the entire show in Sydney. Bar Italia is sick. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit too salty now and then, but also like sometimes that's what you go there for. Yeah. They had tiramisu gelato. Mm. Mamma mia. Tiramisu. (laughs) Chelsea ITMs that she wants to go to the upgrade suite with Dalton to sort things out together. Naomi ITMs that she told Chelsea about her doubts with Dalton, but she didn't listen. She's worried she's going to get hurt. 
Sally spends a moment playing, quote, throw the thing in the thing with Patty and Tyler. Beautiful. Um, and Sally ITMs that she doesn't see much of a spark there and that maybe Patty and Tyler need to have a chat and see if Wrong. their connection is real or else Tyler, uh, Tyler might get cast off. I'm like, either this is grossly wrong or we're setting the seeds narratively for something that we really, there's no actual evidence of as far as I can tell. Yeah. Um, but maybe this is planting something in our mind so that we'll believe it more readily down the line. I don't know. I don't know what's coming up. Look, I'm basically reacting live as if I was reacting to the TV show, and what I said when I was watching the TV show and what I said to you are basically the same thing. Wrong. I don't think so, yeah. Uh, After their roller skate date, Harley tells Courtney his dream date is to bring a girl over, cook her dinner, relax, and watch a movie together, to which Courtney ITMs, clean up on aisle five, bring a bucket and a mop. Great stuff. Pretty good. Harley does drop that he had a date with Moana and they are partnered up and he does want to explore that with her. So in VO, Courtney says she respects him for being honest and open about Moana. However, I like him and he likes me. We got something going on here. I'm still going to go for it. I'm like, I love this. Yeah. Yeah. I I think you you have a duty to be a little bit chaotic if you're an intruder. Without a doubt, you know, and I think that this has been true since the dawn of reality TV, but I also think that you have a duty to not even be chaotic, but pursue your interests. Right. And also, I mean, obviously, she just doesn't really have that much choice. Like, there are... Most people are very firmly coupled up. He has had one date with somebody. It's a much easier in. Maybe she wants to pursue Moana. Moana wants to... Oh, Courtney might want to pursue Moana. That's true. That'd be nice. Wouldn't Yeah, there hasn't been any, any... Even... You know, besides the fact that they uh, treat it as a normal part of life or whatever, there hasn't actually been any. Yeah. Mia culpa, dear listener. I got the twins mixed up and I had to just put Harley's name in to that whole paragraph. And if I can make it easier for you, listener, I would like to say Moana, I Harley know her. I don't know if that makes things simpler or I not, but I, it was a delight to hear. Jesse and Michaela arrive at a cafe where he can't even begin to hide his glee that she picked him, which is very cute. He tells her, you've probably got better legs than me, which like, yeah, I would assume probably, Fucking right? Uh, she says, I love that you brought that up because Jim is so important to me. Oh, who's Jim? This was my reaction too. I feel like she mm. should have had to disclose this to the producers, Jim right? From Jim's mowing, I would say. I cannot introduce another tangent into this episode, but do you know about how cooked Jim from Jim's mowing is? Yes, I do know. He's about. one of the worst human beings in this Australia. Is, if you do not know about how cooked Jim from Jim's mowing is, you have homework. Yeah, we. I mean, we might get into it on in a future episode. I'm just realizing this one's going long. Come back. Tell us everything you know about Jim from Jim's Mowing in the BOH Osh Posting Group, and we will grade your essay. <laughs> yeah, please uh, have it on our desk by mm, ASAP. Jesse opens up about having been in love before with somebody who then cheated on him. They also talk about his work with kids with special needs. He says he doesn't want to just be your average chippy. You know, they're having this good conversation. And then halfway through, I realize... We, I I haven't seen him. I haven't seen Jesse ask Michaela a question. Yeah, 
Like, we are talking a lot about Jessie here. Michaela is a new arrival. I really don't know anything about her. Love to get to know her. And not just for the purpose of the show, but also for the purpose of their relationship. I'm like, not... Not a man not asking a woman any questions is a big red flag for me. Anyone ask not asking anyone any questions. Ask questions. Right. Yes, I agree. But I think it is more common among like a man dating a 100%, woman. Hundred percent. Yes. And like I don't know. I maybe as I understand it, maybe this is part of the appeal of heterosexual men. I don't really. I don't. I don't know for sure. Um, but yes, it's not. It's not ideal as far as I'm concerned. Back on the ship, Chelsea ITMs that she wants to tell Dalton everything that Naomi has told her about him to see how he reacts to it. Now, before we even see what happens, this is we know this is not a good idea. This is a bad idea. This is so funny. Yes, I believe that Dalton knows very clearly how Naomi thinks of him already. And in fact, yep. pretty much he probably knows how pretty much everybody seems to think of him. So this feels to me like this is an opportunity to get some footage of Dalton reacting. Uh, and oh, I, yeah. get the imp- I get the impression that Chelsea might have been talked into doing this. Chelsea feels malleable, though. You know what I mean? I get the feeling that she might have been talked into picking Dalton. I get the feeling that she mm. might have been talked into saying, even though everyone said, don't pick Dalton, I'm picking Dalton. Yeah, because it is the juiciest thing in the world. And it's the yeah. juiciest thing they could probably do with this cast at this point. Um, based on where everybody's sitting. So I get it from a production standpoint, but also it's like, yeah. Um, anyway, she does it. Um, Naomi, uh, she says, Naomi said, like, he doesn't seem that deep and has a boy's boy kind of vibe. He does. He's, That's he's got correct. a pretty bad rap, which, yeah, I, I would agree. Um, and Dalton, as reality TV characters do, and in fact, as many dudes with a bruised ego will do, reacts. Yeah. He says... At the end of the day, like, I couldn't give up. From the stuff I've heard, I find it pretty shit, to be honest. Um, He ITMs that he wants to talk to Naomi about it. And so now it's morphed into this big group thing where Naomi and Dalton and Chelsea and also Dan and Moana and Katie, who just happen to be hanging out there, are all roped into it. Which I think raises the stakes a little bit, but also I think it, it, it changes Dalton's behavior a little bit because I think he is at least trying to keep his cool. Yes. I think like, that this is that not is the blow true. up that might have happened if it were just contained to the people who are like directly involved. Hmm. That's true, that's, although that's not to say that I think that his behavior is good, but no. I think that it's interesting to watch him try and temper his what is a pretty instinctive reaction for him. And that is an interesting facet of this casting because we have seen in situations like this on Bachelor in Paradise, in other reality TV shows, Married at First Sight, people are cast because they don't know how to do precisely this. Right. Um, So it's interesting to me that you can see Dalton tempering himself. Hmm. Um, Chelsea says that both she and Dalton are over the comments and the judgments and Dalton tells Naomi, it sort of pisses me off in a way that you did that. I feel like you shouldn't really be speaking on my behalf because you don't know me. You don't know who I actually am. Like, I don't even know who you are. It was just a bit shit to hear that you're talking about me in a way like that. But that's just the sort of person you are, I guess. Which is like so mean and petty and, you know. (sighs) Yes. 
Naomi says, my responsibility was to Chelsea as a friend. So I went off my interactions with you and that's all I can go off. But I apologize to you, Dalton. Hear me when I say I apologize to you. And I've spoken to Chelsea about it as well. Naomi says that she told Chelsea she would respect her decision. And Chelsea agrees that she did say that. Dalton processes this for a moment before saying, do you feel that the way you handled it last night was like, what have I done to you? And, you know, he's, his temper is rising. And then I think he, he's trying to cut it off here. And he says, but yeah, it's all good. Like, I've moved on. Let's move past it. I don't really care about that stuff at the end of the day. And it's, I mean, it's very, very obvious that he does care about it. And in fact, they insert a clip of Dan saying, he says he doesn't care, but I think it speaks testament to how much he truly does care. Great. Um, and then, which is good, yes. And then to really twist the knife, I, I noticed this. Um, uh, I, I had the uh, closed captions on because I uh, was uh, live tweeting the episode and taking screenshots and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, so when Dalton says, I don't really know why it got brang up then, they put scare quotes around the word brang because like it's not grammatically correct or whatever. And no. it's like further making Dalton the butt of the joke. Obviously, this is very unpleasant shit from Dalton, who I find generally quite unpleasant. Mm. Do you reckon he deserves this obvious of a villain edit? Look, they could stand to proceed without insulting Dalton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't even really know where I stand on this, to be quite honest. Me neither, I'm like, because I'm, in some ways I'm like, this is funny, ha. Huh? But then also yeah. I'm like, that's the part of me that wants to watch the world burn. Yeah, and I do feel like um, that's, the, that's the part of this process that turns somebody from Dalton like uh, a man who is I find unpleasant and makes decisions that I don't agree with but still sort of tempers his reactions. This is right. And it turns him into whatever, you know, uh, without catastrophizing, it makes things worse. Distrust of media pipeline. Yeah. Whether it, whether it results in, you know, him getting into weird cooked shit, like other people from bachelor we've seen, I don't want to make any assumptions about him necessarily. No, no, but like, but it doesn't make anything better. Yeah. Yes. Um, with that said, he's a goober. (laughs) He's a goofus. That's also true. I don't mind saying it. I'll go on record saying he's a bit of a dunderhead. And, you know, you know they'll, maybe he they'll needed try and to cancel me for this. Yeah. Yeah. You can't get away with this stuff on fucking... <laughs> can't keep being a dunderhead. Right. No, I was saying, you, you, if we were on, like, fucking commercial radio or something, you would not be able mm. to get away with that, you know? Oh, I'm no, I'm so glad no way. we have this... Outlet for our true thoughts and feelings about, about yeah, you know, and if here. we were Kyle and Jackie, oh fuck, we would just walk off the air after interviewing <laughs> Alan Jones for fifteen minutes and then having to be censored. If we were Kyle and Jackie, oh, we would never say anything inappropriate because they don't. Um, no, that's on. do you know? I listened to on the way to the airport because I was subjected to it in an Uber. Fifteen minutes of that man talking. Christ. I had never heard one of the euphemisms for obtaining an erection. Oh boy. That oh he boy. used? It was six o'clock it, in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And he Isn't was talking it? about it in the context of hearing Taylor Swift oh, no. sing about um, the tight little skirt that she wears in the song Style. 
Come on. From 2015. <laughs> it sounds almost 10 years old now. She lives rent-free in that man's mind. Oh, God. Her hypothetical skirt. At least listen to the new album. I Fucking mean, come a. On, yeah, Kyle. well, that was the day that it was coming out, and he was like, remember when she did the thing about the skirt? Jeez, Blokes please. would bar up at that. Six o'clock in the fucking morning. Yeah, there's no good time of day for that, but that's certainly not it. Um, great. I'm so glad we've welcomed Kyle into uh, the, the content of this podcast. Um, there's stuff I've skipped in my, <laughs> my notes so that we could have room for Kyle. You know uh, what? Yeah, look, put me on trial by Kyle. Yeah, I maybe maybe we should, actually. Uh, Chelsea pulls Dalton to the side for a chat where she tries to mediate things. She says it's hard to see the person that she's trying to pursue something with and her friend getting into it like that. And that, you know, she she's trying to come sort of between them and, and saying, like, I agree with both of you, you know, and she's clarifying, like, she's not saying that he's in the wrong, but, you know, like, the impression is that this behavior is not going to be acceptable, right? And, and so he says, Babe. so where are we going with this? And then sort of chuckling to himself says, are you okay? To which she replies, not with this reaction, no. And he says, what reaction? This reaction? This? What do you want me to do? I don't know what the problem is here. Oh. This this sort of like playing dumb and refusing to admit that you might have a hand in this situation is just the most textbook, boring, <laughs> shitty, manipulative yes. behavior. Yes, 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 right? It's boring, shitty manipulation, Whereas, like, if Dalton wanted to, hypothetically, put himself in a position where he could win this argument, then he needs to give a little. Yes. Or if you, like, if I feel like if I was in this situation and I saw how, bi how badly things were going for me. This is the main thing. This is the main, I'm sorry. I went to the position of how do you win an argument with someone. You're mm. absolutely right. Oh, I don't know if I'm going where you think I'm going. Because I think if I saw the way that... Basically, everybody in the cast is looking at me and yeah. what my options are looking like from here. I would, in fact, probably double down and be an entertaining oh. villain. Oh, sick. I mean, okay, this is I different to what I thought you were going to say. I'm f well, obviously, there are better choices you could make with your life. But I think and I, I also feel like it is entertaining. Like, I am entertained by this show and, and by having him as the villain or whatever. Mm. But I think maybe his best position here in terms of, like, salvaging his... Uh, life outside of this, I don't know. I'm not qualified to say that. There are like branding coaches or whatever the fuck. But I, I feel like if I was in that position, maybe I'd, I'd contemplate the idea of just being like, I'm going to get an evil looking moustache and goatee and I'm going to say and do some of the fuckedest shit. Well, not even, you don't have yep. to like yep. be horrible Dress to people. Dress me in a ruffled shirt. I'm going to uh, look, handcuff me, put me in a weird uh, crystalline box and I'm going to yeah. magic my way out of there. You know what? And I'm going to hurt some people's feelings while I'm at it, Chris. Yeah, and you don't have to do that. Like, you don't... To be an entertaining villain on reality TV, if you are choosing to go down that avenue, which I don't recommend, mm -mm. but there are ways to do that without being unnecessarily cruel to anybody. Yes. And by what, what you can do is just, like, be disruptive to the show yes. and to the process and show no respect for... The, the goal of the trying rules. to find love. Yes. Yes. Piss and in so someone's what you can do is plant. like, totally. Piss in a pot plant is a perfect example. Or just like, you know, 
throw some drinks overboard or, you know, like... Jump in the pool, you know? Yeah, be an agent of chaos, you know? Because at least then you will be doing something <laughs> instead of just, like... <laughs> Tell some people that you were the mayor of Noosa. <laughs> Actually, that did not help for him. No, no, that actually <laughs> that, in fact, ended up also got him fired his, him from his real job. Yeah, uh, yes. I don't know. That maybe that's just what I would do. I don't know if it's advisable. Don't quote me on this. Um, but you know, if you find yourself in this position on your reality show, uh, think give about us a call. It. Keep, it in, keep it in the back pocket. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Chelsea walks off crying. It is hard to watch. She is having a bad time. Poor Chelsea, um, but yeah. also don't pick him. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she says to the camera that uh, uh, Dalton didn't understand that Naomi was apologizing and just took it as another attack. Um, she has a great line where she says, there's no understanding there. It's all reactive, which yep. I think helps us kind of understand the behavior here that it's just not really he's not really processing it before it starts happening. You know, mm -hmm. so later, all the ladies are welcomed to the captain's table. Uh, and again, no Hannah. But we do have Darren invited to the captain's table for Great. the first time, Thank which you, Darren. I Welcome. think is good. Yes, and and Paolo and Darren have some funny bits here. This is I'm touching on this briefly because it's a long episode, but they they do a funny bit about adding an O suffix to turn any word into Italian, which is very good. Love. Paolo tells the women that their next destination will be the island of Crete before saying his immortal catchphrase, the ship doesn't steer itself, so ciao for now. So we've gone from the captain's table to the regular table, and it is time for the women to pitch for the three destination dates and the upgrade suite. Great. Tyler says she's taking things slow with Patty to see if there's enough of a foundation to build things on top of. Beautiful. There's a real attraction, and there's a bond that's growing. Um, Katie said goodbye to her only connection last night, and in a really respectable way, she says that she would be keen to meet somebody new, but she would rather go home than to, like, lie to herself or, you know, she doesn't see it happening with any of these people. I, I think I like this a lot. Sally pitches for Jay in a way that you can tell is sort of making everybody at the table misty-eyed. Um, she says, you can hear it in his voice when he talks about me. Mm. I need to go on that date. It's just very beautiful. Naomi says, all right, Greece is on my vision board. I believe that Dan may have been a merman in another life. Okay. We both want this so bad, we want to dive in. And I'm like, that is a fun pitch. <laughs> you, you've taken another angle at it, which I love. Michaela pitches for Jesse, saying, I kind of want to touch his muscles a little bit. <laughs> Uh, Courtney says she had a great time on her date with Harley and she thinks that they have a connection, but he did mention maybe just the tiniest little, probably no big deal, nothing to worry about connection with Moana. Uh, no, it's Moana. Sorry. I'm thinking of the movie. This whole section is cross cut between Courtney and Moana, like glaring at her at yeah. least, you know, seemingly in the edit, which really builds the tension. Um, Moana says she and Harley do have a connection and she wants to have the opportunity to build that. So she pitches him for her date as well. Mm. And she says, Harley has even said he's already made a connection with me. He's made that statement to, sorry, what was your name again? 
This is so funny. The second time that someone has forgotten someone's name on this entire... Like, this, this is so good. Really good. And Courtney's just like, Courtney? <laughs> like, without overselling it like I just did, she's just like, that's my fucking name, <laughs> you know? Um, it's my name, bitch. Yeah, this, this sequence is really funny. We get an ITM of Courtney going, fuck, which is obviously bleeped. And then a shot of Moana with this, like, devious grin. Uh, I took screenshots of this and posted it as a tweet if you would like to see it. Um, I'm sure that this didn't really go down like this, but it, it, fuck is it well edited, well it's produced. It's really well like, done. I laughed out loud. It was great. Chelsea pitches for the upgrade suite with Dalton as a chance for them to have a one-on-one conversation, straighten things out. And, yeah, for her to get more of the version of Dalton that the others haven't been seeing... Mm. Um, at this point, Naomi reiterates her concern about him and is backed up by Katie. Um, Darren asks, why does everybody have such strong opinions about Dalton? And Tyler says, there have been some comments and some actions to back up their gut feeling. And we also get a flashback of him starting this drama with Patty back in episode three. Yep. Uh, Chelsea says that she backs Naomi 100%. However... So not 100%. Uh, however, she feels that Dalton's behavior today was because he was triggered by people saying, uh, by people having the wrong opinion of him. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The wrong opinion based on what? Thing. Right. Based on his actions? I don't know. Um, Tyler. Yeah, yeah exactly. Tyler gets... Like, based on what your perception of this man is? I don't, yeah, anyway. Tyler gets maybe my favorite ITM of the season so far. Um, simply, simply stating an honest truth, saying, "I would never want to be with someone who always makes me cry." Is that not a red flag in itself? I'm like, yes, Tyler, that's true. Chelsea is clearly under a lot of pressure at this moment. She senses that from Dalton too. I think maybe she's projecting some of the difficulty that she's having with this experience and being like, you know, uh, projecting that onto him a little bit Mm. or or sensing that he is coming under fire in a different way to her, but, but sensing that that must also be very overwhelming for him. So she wants the the chance for the two of them to, to work it through together, you know? Uh, And then everybody reconvenes and Darren, who I think is maybe a bit drunk conspiracy corner, Okay. I think at this point in the evening, maybe having some of that fancy wine at the captain's table, he's just loosened up a little bit. Sure. I love it. Let's be clear. Um, the first destination date goes to Jesse and Michaela. Mm, Michaela. Uh, followed by Chelsea and Dalton. And then Darren says, the last but not least destination date, which is like, the date is not going to be upset that you put it last. Right. It's a date. It's not a person. No one is worried about if this is the least date. Right. Uh, they're all a date. They're, anyway, uh, it goes to Moana and Harley. And uh, finally, the luxury suite upgrade goes to Sally and Jay again. Yeah, again. That's right. Back to back. Uh, and we close the episode with Sally hinting in ITM Um are you about to make a joke about back to back? That's how they're sleeping, baby. <laughs> uh, well, she does hint in ITM. I don't know if things will progress tonight. I'm going to have to keep you posted. Yeah. Check in tomorrow on that one. And I've written a winky face here. I don't remember if she winked or not. but mm, Okay. 
And uh, and that's the end of the ep. Next time, two women will be going home. We're in the Greek islands, and we've got some we've got some drama hanging over the top here. You know, can Dalton and Chelsea sort out their differences? Is Katie going to be able to find a new squeeze in time? Who's getting suspicious in Mauritius? <laughs> and what are these rumors that I've been hearing about the real love boat being haunted? Mom, mom, mom. You will have to join us on our <laughs> next episode to find out, which of oh. course will be releasing just in time for the spooky season. Yeah, for uh, All Hallows Eve, Xavier, I am so excited that you have written a whole Halloween love boat theme song for us. That is that is accurate, unfortunately. Yeah. I've, I haven't recorded it yet, but I'm sure I'll get it together by then. We got treats in store, folks. We just we just uh, we just finished this uh, um, episode for the Patreon. We got another episode. We got a Halloween episode for the Patreon coming up. Um, we got stuff planned for next month. If we're gonna have a great time, next episode penciled in. Haven't recorded it yet. Shouldn't say this. Pretty good cast lined up. Um, any final thoughts? I I have been watching the US version along with the Australian version of oh, this you show. Have. Yes, and I cannot tell you how boring it is. Oh, really? I was shocked. It's like pulling teeth. Oh. And like, I don't know. Mm. I like the Australian version was made for Australian audiences, and yeah. I'm really liking it. And the American version was made for American audiences, and I'm not really liking it. Mm. So, like, I don't know. Maybe they were right. You know, maybe maybe there's more to this stuff. Because I always think like. We, you know, we talk about the differences between the American version of The Bachelor and the Australian version of The Bachelor, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that time, I'm just like, are you kidding? We can't, we really can't talk about like sex at Doing all. Doing it, yeah. Um, like I feel like that stuff is super reductive. But then also, I'm like, I don't know. Well, maybe I'm, maybe it's because I watched the U.S. Bachelor before I watched the Australian Bachelor, so True. I always thought it was missing from here. But when I see the differences between the US one and the Australian one of The Real Love Boat, I'm like, yeah, this one is great. This did we is just the get superior a, franchise. Yeah. Did we just get a good cast or is there something built into it? I can't really say. I don't know. We did get a good cast, though. Like, And the other yeah. elements are shared. So, look, we're yeah. going to say hats off to the casting department and we're also going to say hats off to whoever decided to not make them do weird challenges. Yes, and I'd also like to say hats off to Naomi because that hat is so big, her neck's yeah. probably getting real and sore. Do you know what? Her. I'd like to say Moana. Moana. Wait, that's not what we were saying. <laughs> Michaela. It's Michaela. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Max, this is a great app. Um, this Another. is the best podcast in the world. Beautiful episode of the Beautiful Podcast. Folks, if you enjoyed this episode, or even if you didn't, if you made it this far, you, uh, on some level, I hate to break it to you, but you actually did have a great time. Yeah. Um, so why not? Keep the fun going. Um, find us on social media at BOH Pod. Find us on Facebook, the Bachelor of Arts Osh Posting Group. Share the pod with a friend. And in fact, here's something I've been thinking about. Yeah. I'm making this episode longer. Um, don't just share the podcast with a friend because you and I know that when you get a recommendation of a podcast from a friend, you're not really going to listen to that thing. You might get to it at some point. Here's what you need to do, right, mm. listener? Get in your car with a friend. Go oh, for a drive. This is true. Sit Go down. for a few hours of a yeah, drive. Because this know podcast what? Just this is bit. not long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, this podcast is not short. Yeah. Go on a really long drive. Don't tell your friend where you're going. Mm. But around also, the roundabout, a bunch of t- blindfold them and just call. go around the roundabout. Make sure they know they can't ask too many questions because then they will drown out the podcast. 
Uh, and I think, yeah, I think that would really benefit us. And, and in turn, that will benefit you. Yeah. You know, the bigger the podcast gets, the easier it is for us to get great guests on, that kind of thing. I don't need to tell you this stuff. But, um, yeah. And if you don't know how to drive... Um, Uber. Hire an Uber. Get you know what? Uber. That's yes, two for the price call. of one. And in fact, if you don't, yeah, if you if you want to, you can just do it at your house. Just make sure you lock all the doors. That's also true. It's maybe Halloween. tie them down. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I trust your instincts on this, dear listener. Um, thank you again for being here, Maxi. Thank you for co-hosting the show with me, Davey. Um, thank you, listeners. What else is there to say? We love you. We love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.